plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Well, good morning this morning. Uh, good morning this morning. Happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Thank you. Hang on here. Hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, so... I can't tell whether I'm just... Uh, the microphone's low or what it is. No? I'm trying to figure out. I can't get a balance in my ear. I'm trying to figure it out. It's the music is like just suffocating me. Just try. There we go. Perfect. There it is. Normally I like music, but when it's suffocating me, that's not going to fly. I like being suffocated by music. I just don't. That's not going to fly with uh, the Radio Free Almond Show. Suffocation by music. Not going to be happening this morning. Good morning this morning, everybody. Ooh, wow. I could have spent all morning outside with my Stargazer app. I'm telling you, it's the best app around, by the way. And um, listen to this. Listen to how it sounds when you're looking at the sky with the Sky app. I'll, show, I'll tell you what it is in a second. But... So it gives you this, this peaceful little music as you have, like, a, if the compass is on. And you just point your phone up to the sky. And you see all the stars up in the sky. And all the planets and all the constellations. You see Aquarius. You see Orion. And it points them out for you. It draws them. It makes pictures of them. Yes. You can relax. It's not that big of a deal. You're going to get your collard greens. Don't worry. I know they were out of them last night at the store, but if you call in the morning 
and tell the produce section at Whole Foods that you need the collard greens. They'll put them aside for you. At least that's what I was told last night when I went to get collard greens. And they were out. Because apparently everybody eats collard greens on Thanksgiving. And somebody took mine. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to get some collard greens. I'm going to make some collard green au gratin for Thanksgiving. Whether people like it or not. Anyway, so I'm looking up at the sky and I see all kinds of things. And like, for instance, sometimes you can see the International Space Station. And I saw two rockets. They even named the rockets. You can see them moving. They named the rockets. I'm going to look up the rockets. Because I got a rocket in my pocket. Finger in the socket. That's from a Little Feet song, by the way. And so, uh, yeah, they had the rockets. And they also, by the way, Spica is back. They make Spica a planet again movement is beginning. And I say again because at one point it was a planet. Then they started just to name planets. It was never really a planet named by astrologists. I'm sorry, astronomies, astronomers. But I'm sure God said it was a planet. And then somebody came in and said, no, that's a star. It's like, okay, great. Disagree with God, why don't you? It's kind of full of yourself, aren't you? Me with CBS News? Who are you, Jim Acosta of the, of the Interplanetary Sciences? But I think it was a planet. It's one of the bright, like tonight, like this morning, you can see that the, the, right now, I guess in November, the stars all come out. The, you know, it's kind of like the B team of the sky, you know. They come out, and all the stars come out. Uh, and these are like the top 20 brightest stars. And you always think they're a planet, but really not a planet. They're a star, but it's one of the brightest stars. But Spica's right next to Venus. And Spica works really hard to be visible in the sky. And therefore, I believe it is. Uh, it should be anointed a, a planet. It should be given that status since it works so hard. It's the only thing we see. But I saw the C-2082 rocket and the C-1484 rocket out there. And I don't know what that means, but here, let me look, look at this up real quick, and then we'll have good building this building again with all kinds of crazy things going on, including the news media going on. C- 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 rocket, 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 rocket. Uh, uh, I mean, I play the Rocket in My Pocket song, but yesterday Facebook was harassing me about all the music, so I couldn't, they just kept t- taking me off. And uh, Cosmos Satellites. So these must be, um, those must be Russian satellites or something. Because uh, what is Cosmos? K O S K O. S-M-O-S, Cosmos. Let me just see here real quick. Uh, let's see. Cosmos. Um, uh, I, I guess it's uh, – no. Uh, let me see. Uh, satellites. Hold on. Just let me, let me just look. I have to look this up, people. I, I can't – I have to get this taken care of. I'm sorry. Uh, before I can move on today. Let's see. It looks like it's a, these. It looks like I'm seeing Russian satellites up there. They just name them, and they're uh, they're up there. So I'm seeing I'm seeing Russian satellites, but they name them and number them and everything else. 
So, good morning this morning, everybody. And oh, by the way, the media is very cheery this this morning. They're 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 a bunch of killjoys. I mean, it, this is this is the problem with Thanksgiving sometimes in general and families and all that kind of stuff. Is everybody tries to make Thanksgiving into something other than Thanksgiving? So I've, so I've, I always have to read these articles from people about, you know, how to navigate the political atmosphere on a Thanksgiving or when Uncle John decides to talk about – it's like, you know, your white uncle – old white Uncle John starts to talk about how great Trump is. What do you do? How do you – it's like, why don't you just shut up and give me a recipe for collard green au gratin or something? Because the news media just can't – and they, they, love to, they love to tell us, you know, how to talk to each other. And Do you read articles about how to talk to people? By a chance, I mean, I'm sure there are people who do the self-help thing, but Lord have mercy. And then you have Chris Cuomo, who's, you know, about to hang himself on CNN because of 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 all the strife going on around us. Listen to this guy. All right. Thanksgiving is coming and not a moment too soon. This national day to give thanks was actually designed for times just like those we are living. I'll prove it. Let's start with the current president today citing the correct message for the coming Thanksgiving. All right, so Cuomo praises Trump, but then begins to talk about how Thanksgiving was somehow geared just for people who were bummed about President Trump being elected. This is a time for Americans to unite together in a spirit of love, understanding, unity, and joy as one very proud American family. True. Does he practice what he preaches? Certainly not enough. Yeah. But that's not the point of this Thursday, nor should the president be the focus. In fact, the well, you, design- know, you, you, you tell us what the focus should be, Chris Cuomo, because after all, I've been waiting for CNN to tell me how to adequately commemorate Thanksgiving. So you knock yourself out here, buddy. Thank you. Of the day would insist on that. Thanksgiving was made to be bigger than anything and anyone. Yes, it was actually done as an offset, a reminder of gratitude during the worst of times. In fact, especially then. So that would mean that then these are the worst of times and Thanksgiving is geared for these the worst of times. The pilgrim references, it's all true. All applies. 1621, the 53 pilgrims, the 90 or so Native Americans. We get it. You have Google. The days of feasting after the first harvest, all true. But that's not what Thursday is really about. Their plight, they're coming together with strangers. That is much more metaphor right so let the caravan in true measure of the reason that we celebrate it when and how we do so let that 25 year old honduran and his puppy come in with his face covered and his hollister shirt on president washington started by calling for a day of public thanksgiving and praise not to commemorate the pilgrims but to help people then keep perspective in the midst of a particularly tough time of lean crops and illness when i gotta tell you though uh I think a lot of us knew George Washington and uh, Chris Cuomo. You're no George Washington. Looked around him and surveyed the distress. He said, "You know what? As bad as it is, we have to give thanks. Look where we are." I, I did. It, am I missing something? Ben Murphy, come on in, buddy. Or, or are we at a time of uh, of depredation and illness? Is that what is that what the time we're in? Because I don't know. Ben came in here very happy this morning. I was happy this morning. I, I saw so much spare time, I I decided to continue to launch my name Spike a Planet movement. So I don't know what all these people are all uh, bummed out about because uh, as far as I'm concerned, happy days are here again. Why so glum, chums? How you doing, buddy? I'm never better, Jamie. Happy Thanksgiving, my brother. 
Happy Thanksgiving. What are you giving thanks for this Thanksgiving, Jamie? Oh, uh, a million trillion things. I'm giving thanks for all the love that I am given. I'm giving thanks for all my people in Radio Free Almond Land. I'm giving thanks for all of the uh, people who are tirelessly working hard on our behalf overseas. Uh, I'm giving thanks for the fact that we are all living, breathing, and enjoying each other. And I'm giving thanks for the people who are fighting the forces of evil, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm giving thanks for Ben Murphy. And I'm giving thanks for America First Missouri. <laughs> well, Anything got, else? Well, that's a great lineup, Jamie. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know why you're railing on, uh, you know, before we started giving thanks there, you were railing on Jim Acosta. Oh, yeah. You know, but Jamie, Jim Acosta... Uh, he's Jim Acosta. He does what he does. Yeah. And then when he gets slapped down, your buddy, who you know I don't care for, <laughs> Chris Wallace. Oh, yeah. Comes to his defense. I know. Where's, let's call Chris Wallace. Let's get him. <laughs> you know, me, you, and Chris Wallace? Uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love that. <laughs> but anyway, but it's a, it, these, are, these are happy times. These are never better times, Jamie. So maybe I ought to let Chris, should I let that one slide and... And move on to other things well, that we're yeah. thankful for. It's funny because what we what happens is a lot of the times that we run around and, and I catch myself every once in a while where I'm just running around and putting my fingers in dikes all the time, trying to to, to keep uh, you know get get over on this media person over here or or stop these people from claiming that Trump is this or that or whatever. And I'm realizing that you know maybe sometimes. We don't simply just promote the idea that we have some solid things going on. And I try to get to that. But oftentimes we're busy kind of squashing these ridiculous little rebellions out there when maybe sometimes we don't have to. You are exactly right. And, you know, you're, Jamie, we spend so much time worrying about what Jim Acosta is doing or, or in my case, what Chris <laughs> Wallace is doing. Right, right. But, you know, what is that? We really? have to fight them, though. And, and we are, and we're fighting them every day, best we can, whether we do it full-time or as volunteers in the, in, the, in the system. But, you know, that really doesn't matter. What they're going to do, they're going to do. And there's not a whole lot we can do about it. You know what we can do, Jamie? We can dig down into the, what's going on in this swamp here in Missouri and be effective here and pay enough, pay the same kind of attention to what's going on in local politics right. as worrying about what's going on with stuff that we probably can't affect at the, at the highest levels, at the White House and the Jim Acostas of the world. But, yep. you know, Jamie, I, I wanted to come out swinging this morning, but you know I have a limited time this morning. But I just want to set the stage of what's coming Okay. All right. Can I get to something really quickly, though? No, I want you to, that? to because, because otherwise I'll take the. I'll, I'll keep no, going. It's fine. You know, no, I'm, I, I'm no. on a roll this morning. I it's fine. Go it's good, go man. Uh, so, uh, what I'm wondering about, though, when, when you when you talk about local politics, because people don't realize that much of what really does affect us in the immediate does indeed happen in Jefferson City, and and, and even if you talk about three things that occurred just on the ballot in the last midterm, whether it be uh, clean Missouri, which is going to wind up possibly changing the entire picture when it comes to local politics and representation. A huge loss you, for us. You had a way. gas tax that was on there that was put up there that was soundly defeated, thank God, but, but the Republicans – engineered that. There were some Republicans who helped oh. engineer the gas oh, tax. Really? And we also had the situation... Yeah, Are we, yeah. We're going to name some... Na no, that's what that's I'm holding back. Good, I'm okay. giving thanks today, right. but coming out next week, Jamie, 
We're going to name names. One more, we're, though. One we're more. We're going to learn ben. who these people are. Be, well, because I was going to. It's interesting because we're. We, we have to. I wanted really to talk to you about that this morning because then we had the minimum wage, which wound up uh-huh. on the ballot. The minimum wage was passed, and already. There, even David Nicholas in the Post Dispatch, the Post Dispatch of all places, did a think piece saying this is really going to hurt mainly rural young people because the businesses out in more rural areas they're they're on a limited type of situation where they they don't they don't have all the resources in the world to simply hire everybody, pay everybody twelve dollars an hour. And uh, it's very competitive out there, and and it's going to hurt the younger people. So, and somebody was responsible for that. Somebody because Republicans control the House and Senate in the state. That's of Missouri. correct. So let me let you go ahead because I was going to ask you, and I realize yes, today is the is Thanksgiving, not the day before Thanksgiving, and we have a lot to be thankful for. I get that, but upwards of tw- upwards to twenty twenty, I believe the focus of us in the grassroots ought to be weeding out. Some of the people who have quietly stepped around and snuck around the chambers and, and the hallways of Jeff City without any kind of anybody messing with them, and they were, and a lot of them were responsible, for instance, for Greitens being moved out, correct, and everything else. So, uh, yes, I think we need to develop. I wouldn't call it a hit list because we want to be positive about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know what? A two-take-out list. It's all about spin and, and the right words we use for what we're doing. But, Jamie, what we're doing is, and what we are going to attempt to do, and I think that if everybody focuses, you know, because in Missouri, we've got the House, we've got the Senate, and the governor's a Republican. Isn't it just time to go back to sleep? Can't we just know that it's all good and that, and that these benevolent rulers at the very top, at the very highest echelons of of uh, movers and shakers, they're going to take care of us. We're all Republicans. But remember, <laughs> right. Jamie, some of those Republicans, my guess, more than some of them, we're going to name names, were never Trumpers. And, Jamie, they're still never Trumpers. I'll bet you the, correlate, the correlation is amazing when we really drill down into this and see who these people are. Yeah. I'll bet you. Well, we're just going to and, – and they think that they're just going to wait us out. Exactly. They think they're going to wait us out, and they can see the finish line. They can see 2020, and they think that's the fin- – that's, then the thing's going to go back to normal. Right. When everybody's, you know, padding their pockets and calling the shots, uh, Jamie, you're right on target. And this is where Almond 2.0 is going to come in right. big time because, you, you know, all politics is local. And as much fun as we have with uh, being obsessed with President Trump's uh, making America great again at those levels, it's, it's, our, it's our duty, Jamie, to do the same thing, to emulate the president and do the same thing here in this state. It needs to be done. I'm going I'm to tell you what. There's a, there's a Republican elected official. And it's every, everything I could do to hold back from calling this individual out. Why, and, why can't you do that? Well, no, here's, here's why. Because, you know, leading up to the midterms, I made a pledge to many of the people that I work with in grassroots and to some establishment uh, characters that I have all the respect in the world for. Right. Because many of those people that we would call the establishment, they're doing a damn good job. They're doing the best they can. And sure. they've done a good job. Right. But the reason we didn't uh, have this brouhaha prior to the midterms is, we had one of the biggest uniting of the unitings of the party 
that I've ever seen. Around go, Josh Hawley. Add, around yes. Josh. We come around Josh Hawley, uh, Congresswoman Ann Wagner. Right, um, right. On the heels of what they did to Judge Kavanaugh, you know, it was amazing to see that. So we, 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 um, we did not cause those issues when it was imperative that we be united. Now, we've gotten past these midterms. We've, uh, we, you know, we've taken a beating. You've a, done your due diligence. Well, you know, we, we're still doing it. Right, I know, fact, but, because but, there's, a, there's so much to this, Jamie, locally. You know, you've got very complex issues in our state. Yes. And, and right here in our backyard to include city-county merger, to include privatization of the airport, to, you know, Lida Cruz is not even going to take co- public comments on that issue. And this thing's coming down the tracks. Right. Our, right. City, our city of St. Louis is bankrupt. The fat lady just has not sung yet. So how are they going to do this? They're going to do a combo deal with that airport and push off the inevitable, but the inevitable is coming. There are so many issues that we need to come out swinging on. And those kind of issues are not going to be uh, settled with people in the party who, even though we're in the majority, we've got people in there pushing uh, higher taxes, more tax and spend. Right. We've got people pushing a zoo tax, for goodness sake, Right. when you know, that bloated bureaucracy needs more tax dollars like you need a hole in the head. Well, and, and, they, and they do it under the guise of infrastructure. Yesterday I mentioned that, and I haven't really listened to much, but some people, actually at all, and it's not out of bitterness, I just haven't had an occasion to listen. So... Uh, over at the other radio station, the, 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 the supposed conservative radio station of record. And they're all – apparently that's the, that's, the, that's the marching order over there is they're all back to being these Republicrats oh, yeah. who are supporting tax increases for infrastructure and all this kinds of stuff and roads and things when we, we actually haven't gone back to the drawing board and demanded more accountability from MoDOT and the others over the over the road situation, so they just kind of put this gas tax in, and that was pretty shocking when actually that passed with the help of Republicans, and there was and, and there was some support of that, and that was a that was a horrible idea. I mean, you know what's going over and on in France right now, is that they're in the streets burning things over a gas tax, so oh, it does right. it does have its impact on people. We would never do that, but. I'm just saying that, that suddenly I think there's there's more of this uh, idea. They're going back to the old days over at uh, the so-called conservative station of record. And, you know, that that's a result, obviously, of what, you know, Intercom has scared everybody half to death Oh, over I thought there, you so. were talking about KMOX or oh, something well, not crazy the like that. Oh, they're conservative station of record. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about the other I one. I know who you're yeah. talking about. Uh, but but yeah, so so we've got a, we've got our work cut out for us in, in in that in that way, and I'm telling you, I still think, and, and like I said, when I said you did your due diligence, what I mean is that you all stood up and 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 played the game and, and helped individuals uh, win a win, a, win an important race. This was the Hawley race, even though obviously everybody was very divided on the on the whole uh, primary and everything else. But you all basically took one for the team because that's what we are, a team. And it wasn't hard to do because we knew what the task was at hand. But now I believe the grassroots, America First Missouri, and individuals like that now have built up so much cred that it's time now to then take it one more step and, and, and double back and start to 
find out and start to kind of expose the people who stood behind every microphone that yes. was sitting around him to, to go off on Eric Greitens and everything else. And I, I know these guys, and some of them actually were reelected again uh, this time around, but I believe ought to be challenged. So it's, so it's going to be not only about calling people out, but it's about attempting to develop some very good grassroots candidates out there who are going to be able to do the job and, and primary some of these people. You know, Jamie, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name those <laughs> names because I'm gonna get I'm gonna give so much thanks this weekend for for family and uh, for you and President Trump and all the people that I love, which is you know I love everyone, but there's some rats out there, right? You know, oh yeah, and we're, and we're going after them. So I'm not gonna name them by name today, but it's a long list, <laughs> and I'm gonna throw a couple of hints out. Just a you know I'm gonna throw and I'm not gonna throw out some big name hint. But there's a couple of people, Jamie, one specifically, who on his so now this these are Republicans. These are I am a Republican and in a in a in a couple of cases here, these are elected Republicans. Right. We've got one of them who still has hashtag never Trump on his social media. What in the hell is he still doing as an official of the Republican Party. Who How does that work? I'm not going to name that name. You know why? You know why, Jay? <laughs> because it would be like punching down. Do I have to wait no, for you know the uh, you, well, America First Missouri show to debut on Radio Free Almonds to get that uh, list? And you know what? And, and, and for all on the surface, this fella, young guy, uh, probably hadn't been around long enough to really understand how this works. But for him to have... Hashtag. Oh, yeah, the other one. What's the other hashtag? Vote your conscience. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that? I do remember yeah. that one. Okay. Yep. Well, how, how is two years later <clears throat> he's still living that fantasy when the president has delivered more to him and what he believes in right. than anybody he's ever seen in and, before? And even for the population from where he comes, because I think I know who you're talking about. Well, <clears throat> you know what? And I have, I have hoped and have reached out. Uh, through back channels, if you will, to people who know him, because I don't know him, never met him. But I've reached out in that way uh, and asked that he get that off of there, and why can't you talk some sense into this fella? You know, and rather than, um, rather than slap him down this morning, which I think would be unfair, I'm going to ask him as a man and as a team player in this party uh, to join the party, the party of Trump, and take that down. That's unnecessary. And in, in all other respects, he's, he's a good conservative. And, but it's time for us all to come together in this party, except for those rats who we're going to talk about by name when we get past this Thanksgiving break. Uh, yeah. Hey, there's another one out there. This I, last well, wait, wait, wait. wait. Are, you sure, are you sure you don't want to? No, I don't want to do mean, that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to do that because I'm still in that kumbaya moment. But, but here's the that, thing. Let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you something about this person you're talking about, because I know I, 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 I'm now almost convinced I know who yeah, it is. Okay. And I'll tell everybody after you leave. But no, no I'm not. I won't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, this person was also, I think, led astray by some of the people, uh, some of the people who, uh, who came out of all this uh, – are now were term limited individuals because they were individuals who didn't have to face reelection. And so they decided to crusade not only for America first and join that Republican crew out there, but also against Eric Greitens because they were looking for jobs after they left. 
as terminated people. And because I, I remember he was actually standing around them when they all stood in front of microphones and called for Eric Greitens to resign. And, and, and I remember this because every time you turned around, I remember because I was over on TV and I was uh, told on TV, uh, I told people on TV, I said, what, what, don't you have work to do down there instead of standing next to every single microphone you find talking about Eric Greitens? Why don't you get down to the business of this people of Missouri? And so I believe there was a group down there, half of them were term limited, so they're not there anymore. But they've done their damage. Jamie, we got to talk about that fellow, but I know who you're talking about now. I think I do, but neither here nor there. I'm talking about someone, just a local guy out yeah. here, day in, day out, doing the, the business of the party, doing the business of the party. So he's not an elected official. He's a, an elected committeeman. Oh, committeeman. Okay, okay. well, so we have that person. And, 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 so and he actually wasn't elected. Well, I don't know. Anyway, All right, so let's go on. Well, I really but, want to get past that. But you, okay, yeah. But, I, want, I want him to take it down right. and move on because right. we, need, we need him. Yes. But we don't need him playing this game. I'm done. over it. Yes. Over it. All right. Go ahead. Well, yes. And, and, and so, okay, so I, you must be t- – I was talking about somebody who's elected, and, I, and I've, had, I've had off-the-grid conversations with them too. But what I'm saying is, though, what we need to do is we – the bottom line is we need to remember that just because a Republican, and as you point out, Ben, is elected, it doesn't mean that they're doing – the work and the good work of the grassroots and of conservatives. And so we shouldn't be shy about elevating and encouraging upstart grassroots conservative candidates to primary because, because now the conventional wisdom has always been, well, that person just got elected um, and, and let them until they decide they don't want the job anymore. Let's, you know, let them stay there. So I, so I do believe there's room, a lot of room for more grassroots people out there, and we ought to make sure that we encourage that and welcome that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, and, and you guys are a big part of that. Well, we, you know, we've got some plans um, sooner than later. Uh, those, these will be announced forthcoming, but uh, plans to um, do candidate uh, training sessions right at America First uh, in conjunction with the Republican Party. Oh, good, yeah. And, and rise these people up because, you know, you might have all the heart uh, to, to go ahead and file but unless you've got uh, some somebody behind you helping you, if you've never been through this process before, it's daunting. Right. You know, it absolutely is. Right. So, you know, we would look forward to not only encouraging anybody to uh, be in touch with us or, or your local Republican committeeman uh, or woman and let them know that you're interested in being involved. Yeah. And, and, and uh, keep in mind, one of, the, one of the things about, for instance, America First Missouri, a lot of us would have never known – uh, about what was buried inside America First Missouri if it were not for people like Ben and others who sounded the alarm about what was in there. Because I remember, if you if you recall, and this was, again, back when I was on Dinosaur Radio, that we were interviewing people uh, from the grassroots. Uh, I think Jennifer was one of them, uh, warning us about the people out there with clipboards collecting signatures and, and, and telling us do not buy into what these clean Missouri people are trying to tell you. Unfortunately, we were so few in, in sounding the alarm that, that, that uh, clean Missouri, and, and, and plus there were Republicans, and, and there was a guy with actually a show that, uh, I don't know whether he still has it, Scott Fawn, who were, they were all big 
uh, anti-Greitens, pro-clean Missouri people. And so he, he just had every Republican who was ever selling out because the, the, the Republicans who like to go on his show like to go to his banquet every year and receive their little award. He gives, it, gives to all of his pigeons, you know, and he gives them awards for being good, you know, good, good <laughs> Republicans, good Republicrats. So uh, th- that's – but if it weren't for you guys, we would never have known – what was oh, in, in, in there? Amendment 1, uh, which was previously known as Clean Missouri, yes, which was uh, a judge yanked it off the ballot. Then another judge put it back on the on again, off again. Uh, you right. Know, right. That thing was cooked up from the word go with the help of the Republican Party. Absolutely. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And then didn't, they did not stand in opposition to it like they should have in the end. And uh, welcome Clean Missouri, or welcome Amendment 1. Well, you had so, Senator you know, Schaaf. knows what... Oh yeah, well you know he's one, you know he's moving on his way. He's term limited, yeah, yeah, term limited. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, fat uh, consulting jobs <laughs> yeah. this guy comes up with, and he should be hounded for the traitor to the to the ideals of the party, to the ideals of conservative Republicans who believe in lower taxes, less government. Yeah, and, and and here's a guy, by the way. One of the main reasons why he was so butthurt and he became the Jeff Flake of the Missouri Republican Party is because he was passed over for a job in the Greitens administration. He was he was term limited. He was begging Greitens for the job. I believe it was of uh, social services. Uh, he was begging to be the head of human services or social services. Begging for a handout of the federal of of the state government. Yes. You know, all these people. And Greitens told him no, and, well, he, and, for and then, he, then he became then he became who he he is. So he was passed over, just like a just like a uh, our local Jeff Flake. Yeah, a okay. never. Well, you wonder if this fellow was a never Trumper. Yeah, I bet he was. What do you oh, want oh, I think I think he was part of that whole group. Oh yeah, yeah for oh, yeah. sure. Because he didn't like Greitens. He didn't like anybody who was uh, pledging to drain the swamp. And you know what? You know what was interesting is that Greitens did a favor for a lot of these Republicans when he when he because one of his first acts was to move right to work uh, down the line. Now you can argue back and forth about right to work, but I am saying that I do know for a fact that that was not. Eric Greitens' number one priority. He wanted tax cuts and all that kind of stuff before they got to kind of the, the red meat issue of right to work. But the, but the normal, average, everyday Republicans wanted that thing passed and, and, and you know, more power to them for, for whatever they wanted. But what I'm saying is uh, Eric Greitens, that was not one of his first priorities. And he said, okay, I'm going to get along. And instead what they do is they, he does that and they portray him as some kind of guy who had it coming because he didn't get along with other Republicans. That's a bunch of bull crap, and, and he was very cooperative with them, and yet they still turned on him. Well, we're going to see, uh, we're gonna see in these coming weeks and months, Jamie, they're going to fly by. We're going to be looking, you know, uh, it just seems well, like... They will, it, yeah. You know, and maybe it's because I'm older now, but you know, <laughs> as you get older and time seems to just race by. But, you know, we, just, we were just celebrating the... Uh, election and inauguration of Donald Trump. Then we were, you know, then the next week we were celebrating his one-year anniversary. Right, right. <clears throat> we're coming up on a couple of years. We're, these two years will fly by. And really, you know, we get through the next 12 months, and that 2020 race oh, yeah. is on. Yes, it is. So, so what America First Missouri will be doing is building, building our um, infrastructure, 
building within the state of Missouri and the party, certainly, and ramping up for these 2020 elections. Now, between now and then, there's a lot of work to be done to include a couple of rounds of municipal elections, August elections. I mean, there's a lot of rising up of people who we need, who are out there, who we need to help us reelect the president. Yeah. Can we also do anything about changing the August elections and getting rid of summer elections altogether? I, I have, you know, I know, I know that's a that's a tough one. You've discussed that before. That is, um, I, I have no idea where that might even be on right, the legislature's right. radar. How that works? Uh, it's certainly something that maybe needs to be addressed. It's too close to the election. Yeah, that's and, pretty and, obvious. And, yeah, it is. And so either you do it. <clears throat> pardon me. I'm, I'm I'm trying to get. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I get a little bit of a of whatever is going on there. And uh, well, you just keep that on your side of this. I know I will. I'm, I'm I'm really. I'm really. I mean, I feel fine. It's just that just this, for whatever reason. Every once in a while, I uh, I get like a little bit of a like a just kind of you know it might be uh, I'm allergic to to cold weather, uh, but I'm popping the oregano and everything else. But but what was I going to say? Oh. If you if you move them either to spring or maybe even later, but I don't want them thinking late. I'm not thinking later. I'm thinking thinking springtime, uh, May at least before school's out. Because what happens in August and in the summertime is you get a lot of people who aren't around, and and, and people are right. busy with stuff, and and they're gone, and blah blah blah. And so the summer primary election, I think, ought to go. By the wayside, and we ought to do it in April or May. You know, all this voter fraud, Jamie. And here's a, here's a topic that it, it's probably not a an RFA type talk topic, but everything's an RFA type. Well, topic. you know, and and you kind of you kind of get close to it when you talk about Bitcoin. But the oh, te- yeah. the technology behind Bitcoin. You're not a Bitcoin guy, are you? You wouldn't believe the story of me mining Bitcoin in. Uh, when Bitcoin was worth about a dollar and a oh, half. Oh, really? Yeah. And then that's it went a great like $16, right? That's a great story. No, I'm, I didn't get wealthy off of it, but it's still a great story. <laughs> and uh, Has anybody gotten wealthy oh, off of Jamie, Bitcoin? Jamie. <laughs> yeah, there's a, whole, there's a whole crew out there that uh, did real well, not just on Bitcoin, but all the other cryptocurrencies. Oh, really? Absolutely amazing. My favorite was Ripple Yeah. Uh, before its run. And uh, that was a that was a good time, but the, but these but what's behind this is a technology called blockchain, and blockchain technology, Jamie, should be used. Yeah, in the vote, one person, one vote. You do it online. You lock your vote in, into the blockchain, which is you. You need to get a guy on here that could probably explain it better than me, but for a guy like me and you and many of the listeners out there who aren't uh, mathematic geniuses. It's impossible to spoof a blockchain entry. It's bookkeeping that is impossible to uh, embezzle from to uh, cook the books. Once you cast your vote, it's done, and that blockchain is forever locked in place, huh? Forever, ever uh, researchable. Right. Anyway, it's absolutely amazing. Well, and there, but there, you know what? That's not going to serve the people who rig these elections' purpose at all. Right, uh, but and that's for a whole other story. Well, well, wait a minute though. Before I know you got to leave at six forty-five. I know. Okay, but let me ask you this though, because the, keep, before you all out there say, "Oh Lord, the last thing we need is some computer system that we're no, relying not like on." That. But 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 believe me, 
look what's happening in Florida. Look what's happening with all these physical ballots and all and the boxes that wind up in trunks of rental cars. And yeah. I mean, uh, absurd. To, to me, yeah. that's that's even more prone to. And disaster. I'm not going to def- I'm not going to defend the, the blockchain at yeah. this point, but. You know, like I said, that's for a discuss. That's for a, a full a full show, oh, yeah, nonstop, yeah, absolutely. start to finish. And maybe that's not an RFA. Maybe that's a, and I don't know how that actually would. Maybe it would with a whole vote fraud uh, segment on the uh, America First Missouri show on all yeah. two point oh right. or wherever we get to. James, yeah. I got to tell you, you know, uh, we've done a few things from our office. Uh, Consider doing the the whole green screen thing, you know, and really <laughs> yeah. formalizing it, but. You know, you're building, you're way out ahead on this, and anything we can do to help you, if that's to, yeah. to bring something uh, to your network, you know, that's still possibility out there. Uh, We've got everything uh, ready to go, and, and, and eventually, you know, we're going to, we got to, the only thing I've got to get are phones and all that kind of stuff, but we're, we'll do, we're doing that. The, the thing I've been waiting for is for this, uh, for this, uh, this whole thing to 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 the, the court case to have been settled, and now that I settled it, well, I'm waiting. We're waiting also then for a couple of radio stations that I'm negotiating with now. And so, believe me, though, ultimately January 2019 is going to be you know where and where the, it's going to be at. So thank ti- you. Very the much timing for all is that. perfect, and look forward to that. You know, I you know I got to roll, but I wanna, okay, buddy. I want to reach out to your audience just a little bit. Here. Yes, Ben. And if you're not really. <clears throat> Reach out and touch somebody. We, we, lo- we love the RFA audience at America First. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. That's what 40 years of smoking. You don't sound much better than Well, no, no, that's 40 years of smoking. <laughs> but I, I, quit, I quit smoking in January. Never felt better. Had to get back into fighting weight for coming up 2020 elections. Right. You just but quit I, smoking in January, huh? Yeah, gained, wow. gained about 30 pounds. I've, I've <laughs> dropped 20 of that. i got another 10 to go. I oh, you feel look like good, a million buddy. dollars. You do, I yeah. You. you look great. So going into, you know, going into these next couple of years, uh, the, uh, I'd like to uh, ask the audience to reach out to our website at um, AmericaFirstMO.com. Okay. Take a look. Press that donate button and do what you can to help us rise up the grassroots and get Donald Trump reelected and do the work that we need to do locally to drain the swamp. Right. So take a look at that. If you can help us out, that's great. And that might, this might not be the last appeal you hear from me, uh, to join oh, us. Oh, no, it shouldn't be. And, and go after these bad guys because they're everywhere. Well, and we're going to get them. And keep in mind, you know, when it comes to uh, places where you put your money, everybody is kind of assessing, you know, where some of their, their holiday giving and all that goes. Uh, keep in mind that giving to grassroots operations like America First Missouri uh, it would, would be part of holiday giving. I mean, you're doing something good for people as much as you would be cooking a meal for somebody at Thanksgiving. Because what I'm saying is, look at what's happened with the election of Donald Trump. Look at the wages that have been increasing. Look at the number of people who now are players in the economy where they weren't players in the economy before. So you can, you can talk about helping the homeless, which is great, too. Uh, but, and you can also talk about helping just your fellow American and other Americans join in and become stakeholders in an economy that has been produced by the conservative moves made by President Trump, who in part was elected due to people like Ben and the grassroots of Missouri and America First Missouri. And believe me, they use every penny. I know. I know you guys think. What about overhead? That's kind of thing. You guys aren't collecting <laughs> salary. <laughs> You've got another job. You guys are paying rent, uh, helping people with signs. 
Wherever All that we stuff. Can be helpful. So yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, Jamie. Yep. Uh, Thank God for you, and God bless you. Thank you, buddy. And happy Thanksgiving to the RFA listeners. Thank you so much. We love you guys as well. <laughs> and uh, hope everybody uh, has a great Thanksgiving weekend. And we're coming out next week, and we're coming out swinging. Good so for you, buddy. Have a great week. All right, you too. <laughs> ben Murphy and everybody in America First Missouri, happy Thanksgiving. Great to see you. Thanks for bringing the coffee in Absolutely. as well, brother. I appreciate that. Nicest guy on the planet right there. That is uh, for sure. Uh, and among the nicest people on the planet there at America First Missouri. So perfect uh, opportunity right now then to hit our national anthem. 7 o'clock, we got Jimmy Hoft and all kinds of other frivolity headed your way. Here from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, dddtruckusa.com. It is, ladies and gentlemen, Radio Free Allman. And this is, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning. Yes, good morning this morning. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It's Radio Free Allman. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios. Thank you also to Matthew Mitchell. Matthew Mitchell, Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME for low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time. It's the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Also, don't forget, people, you really don't. You shouldn't be contracted with your insurance agents. I don't think maybe you are, but let's just pretend that there might be a chance that you might have uh, some kind of contract with somebody. There's no such thing. So when you get to Matthew Mitchell and he tells you what he can do for you, and, 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 he, and he can tell you what he can do for you, not only in the rates, 
when it comes to your premiums, but also in your deductibles. You could just tear the one you have up with the other company and go right to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency. Good morning. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855-QUOTE-ME, my friends, my people, the people of the Radio Free Almond America. You know why? Might be some Jimmy Hoff, so he's going to be on with me at uh, at seven o'clock. My Golden Oak Landing guys are going to come in just a little later on too, uh, and then uh, we are off to Thanksgiving. By the way, I want to let you know that uh, we're not going to do a show on Friday. I've I've done that before. Um, I used to do that over at the Dinosaur Radio Station, but a couple of factors are playing into that. I. I uh, have some work to do on uh, just some, some groundwork to do on getting uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0 together. I've got some things I have to do in terms of meeting with a couple of uh, radio executives, the dial radio people. And I've got some things. I just have, I'm just going to be busy. And uh, on top of that, Matt has his mom in town and family in town. He could use uh, a morning too with the, the family. So I figure let's just go ahead and do that. And, and we'll be back on, on Monday. So Dave, did you see this dude who was, uh, he was, he was an, a, an adventure tourist. Some of these guys, I'll tell you these people who have all the time in the world, apparently to, uh, to just go and climb, you know, Mount Fujihara or whatever the hell it is, and they and they and they go and they they wind up in Iran or something or Turkey or someplace like that. I don't know, you know. But this guy was in a, on a remote island called Ad Adaman Island, and uh, is this the same tribe they were looking for uh, for a while? Uh, because there's a, there's, a, there's a tribe out there that is apparently like a remote tribe. And for whatever reason, there, there are people who who seek them out. And I, I, always, I always think, like, why, why are you bothering these people? Why are you know, oh, there's a remote tribe and we're trying to find out more about them. I'm going, why? Leave them alone. I mean, and they're flying helicopters and taking. I mean, heaven knows what these people think that thing is, flying around up there. <laughs> Some of my best friends are helicopters, but I'm just saying, you know, the the. But but it's always like this quest to kind of find out more about these people. They're they're living in in an isolated area. And we got a glimpse of them. It's like, well, leave them. What are you? What are you bothering them for? They're just doing whatever they're doing. Leave them alone. It comes from the same people who uh, who find like you know giant squid. And what's the first thing they do? They kill it and bring it up onto a boat and take a picture with it. Look, it's the biggest, most gigantic squid in the world. It's like, why'd you kill it, you idiot? Look at this. You know, humans are sometimes just so weird. I mean, they stand in front of these things that are like these uh, things they've just, they found. It's like, and then killed. I'm convinced that's why that's why uh, space people don't ever land. I think I've, I've figured that out. 
It's no wonder people, and it's no wonder, even though that you know we see these UFOs and people think there's life outside the universe and flying around and 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 other beings. But all they have to do is turn on CNN, and they're like, "We're not stopping." It's like it's like it's like when you're traveling and you're and you're on a road trip and you're going through, uh, you know, some some ghetto ass community. You're like, "We're not going to stop here for gas." That's like that's what they the, the, the Martians are all like. We can we'll fly around, but we're not going to land there. They'll they'll kill us and hang us up on a hook. And tell us, tell us what they found. Look, it's a spaceman. We found him, but you know, and, 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 why, why'd you kill him? So all they have to do is watch a little TV in there. And they're not stopping anywhere. And that's, that's the only reason, because I do believe there is uh, life outside the uh, universe. Extraterrestrials, but they're, they're thumbing through the Drudge Report, too, and seeing people standing there with fish and everybody else. Or, or they're watching, like, news from these people in uh, Burma. Did you see the story yesterday where, where um, it was a hot air balloon filled with fireworks? It's like, what are you people thinking? We don't know, we're going to do a hot air balloon filled with fireworks. It's going, it's, yeah, but it's, going to, it's a hot air balloon filled with fireworks. And what, hap- what do you think happened to the hot air filled with fireworks? <laughs> It exploded. Yeah, that's kind of what. That's what what I would do if I were a hot air filled with filled with fireworks. I'd be like, "Here you go, Burmese people. That's what you get." And of course, fire and, and everything else just rained down on these people. And you know, like, unfortunately, nobody was killed, but it had like forty people uh, injured. But <laughs> good evening, everybody. Uh, and in other news, a uh, uh, hot air. <laughs> it was on Fox News yesterday. In other news, a hot air balloon filled with fireworks exploded. It's like, no kidding. How long did it take for that to happen? (sighs) Have you ever seen a hot air balloon? How do you think a hot air balloon stays afloat? It's not by people below it going, (sighs) it's by a big jet of fire. Sorry to get too technical with you all on the balloon thing. Anyway, this American man uh, went to this remote island of Andaman, and it's the North Sentinel Island, and uh, they're the I would I would describe them as uh, as as some of these uh, tribal people. Uh, I would describe them. It's right right outside of India. But I would try, I would describe them not as xenophobic, but as people who there are a small number of people, and when they see people wandering around their island, they don't they get a little jumpy, and so they and they have bows and arrows, and and and, and also travel there is banned because of that, because they don't they're not really. You know, they don't have a Statue of Liberty uh, sitting out there in the shallow waters of their island. They're, they're people who want to be left alone. So this guy goes there and decides he's going he's gonna to hike over there. I'm just going to hike over here. Screw uh, those dumb tribesmen will, will, will welcome me. 
I'll, I'll bring a Coke bottle and let them dance around the Coke bottle. Like, like uh, in the Gods Must Be Crazy. It's like, dude, you're watching too many movies. So anyway, it's banned. So it's this uh, 27-year-old guy, and he was, he's an adventure tourist. Otherwise known as an idiot. And he goes to visit the Adaman Island. And he's been there a couple of times. Uh, fishermen, he chartered a, a dinghy and got these fishermen to drop him off there. And next thing you know, it's like, and they're like shooting arrows at the guys, bows and arrows. And they kill the guy with bows and arrows. So, and, and see, one of the reasons why, and it's not just they don't like strangers. A lot of people have been running around that island, and they're, and they're fishing the waters there and, and taking their food. And, and that's one thing you, you, you learn kind of uh, not to do is, is take other people's food. You learn that as a very, at a very young age. Hell, I don't even, I don't even, I remember trying to take a bone away from a dachshund. The damn thing bit me right in the stomach. Don't take food from anything. It doesn't doesn't work that way. It's one of the one of the reasons why it's a really good thing that dachshunds don't have bows and arrows because I would have been I would have been on that list of uh, people who've been nailed by bows and arrows. All right, let me just uh, let me check something out here. I got to call Jimmy Hoff. I've been t- carried away. You know what I mean? That's what happens to me sometimes. Let me just give me uh, let me get uh, Jimmy Hoff to call here. The roads seem to be very light today, so I guess people are all taking this day off uh, today. Let me just let me see if this is Jimmy. If it's not, it's going to be somebody else. We'll talk to them too. Talk to anybody. That bell is compared to the actual ring. With the difference. Morning. Good morning. This morning, everybody. Hi, Jimmy Hoft. How you doing, man? Great, Jamie. How's it going? I'm doing fine, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Thank is, you, you too. Is your brother, you is, is your twin brother uh, still over there in Asia, or is he coming in? Uh, he's in Asia right now, yeah. Yeah. I, I see him quite a bit on uh, lately, the past few years on Christmas. I've been going over to uh, Asia to spend some time with him, so I might... I might do that this year too, but uh, I haven't made any uh, plans yet, so we'll see. So I I see that that crabby ass Barack Obama is running around <laughs> the world again. My goodness, that guy is as dark as they come. I was I was actually Amen. one of the things that I that that I uh, conjured last night when I was looking at your site and looking at the tape of this. Um, I, I went back on a speech that Obama gave and, and, and saw the, him and scowling Joe Biden. And I'm like, golly, mm. you know, I'm so glad those days are over where every time you turned around, there was Barack Obama and a scowling, phony Joe Biden sitting there wagging their fingers at America. It's like, I, I'm so glad those days are over. And I'll take President Amen. Trump's glibness and sunniness and, and, and even sometimes his jocularity and his uh, playing down of sometimes even important things. I'll take that any day because, golly, every time you turned around, there's Barack Obama going up to the podium with his chin in the air and his scowl on his face. 
reminding us of how yeah. horrible yeah. we are. It's like, golly, so glad he's gone. Oh, yeah, amen. Isn't that something? I mean, it's just night and day listening to Barack Obama and then listening to a Trump speech. I mean, we've never had a president who has had the humor like Donald Trump, and he doesn't get any credit, Jamie. Um, but uh, this guy is like a stand-up comedian, and that's why Saturday Night Live cannot play him well because uh, Trump is much more funny than any of these characters who try to uh, who try to mimic him, especially Alec Baldwin, who's just one angry old uh, you know jerk. But um, uh, with Obama yesterday, uh, once again we have this uh, former president coming out in public, and he was in Chicago at his. Uh, 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 foundation, the Obama Foundation, lecturing a room full of, uh, it sounded like a pretty full room of a lot of youth and uh, telling them, uh, you know, just this, this, the same old, like you said, the same old uh, arrogance, the same old pomposity. This guy, uh, it's just, uh, we are so blessed to have him rid of uh, the White House right now. Um, even though, you know, he just doesn't want to go away. And the fact that he continues to hit President Trump really is, you know, just a disgusting new low for this man. Uh, most of the presidents go away. George Bush was, you know, absolutely silent during the Obama years. But this guy went out, campaigned against Trump, uh, slammed Trump, and now he's out uh, lecturing Americans and telling us how, uh, you know, we're shrouded in hate and racism. Uh, and Trump and, and his voters have mommy issues. I'm like, really? Yeah. I, you know, it's just let me Let me play it. I know you can really – I don't know whether you can really hear it. I'm going to go ahead and play it for people real quickly, and then, then we'll talk more about Climate it. Climate change, we're going to have to come up with some new technologies to solve the problem as, as much as we need to. Although even on something like that, right now I could take off-the-shelf existing technologies. We could reduce carbon emissions by, let's say, 30%. Without any, you know, it's not like we'd all have to go back to caves and, you know, live off, you know, fire. Um, uh, we could have electricity and smartphones and all that stuff, um, which would buy us probably another 20, 30 years for that technological breakthrough that's necessary. The reason we don't do it is because we are still confused, blind, <laughs> Shrouded with hate, anger, racism, mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, 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 no, first of all, nobody mm. knows what that means, uh, the mommy issues thing. <laughs> and, and coming from a guy who wrote Dreams of My Father, uh, who, <laughs> and, and, and who I don't even know how much he even communicated with his own mother i i don't know what i don't know where he is, gets off psychoanalyzing people and, and it's interesting how how right. how a, this is a typical reason why american voters reject liberals and, and it's because they really like when they talk about global warming even they still have right. to take personal shots at at the <laughs> at the individuals because they have really no answers, so they just have to call people racist because they're not supporting their agenda. So uh, I, I say, right. keep, I say, keep talking, Barack Obama. Amen. I mean, you know what's 
You know what's interesting too, Jamie, and I, I'm with you. This it, it, it's amazing. I think a hundred years from now, when they look back and look at these politicians who continue to spew this uh, global warming nonsense, I I mean, uh, look at our November we're having in St. Louis, the coldest I can remember. Uh, they were telling us 15 years ago that uh, the North Polar cap was going to melt completely uh, within five years. That was like 13 years ago now. Um, none of their predictions have come true. Uh, and what's interesting is there was a, I put this up uh, a week or two ago, but there was a chart that came out on uh, uh, CO2 emissions and reductions or increases. And the USA is actually leading the uh, reduction in CO2 emissions. Of, of all the world uh, global powers, the U.S. has actually decreased their CO2 emission without this silly Paris, you know, contract. And, uh, and we're leading the world in this, you know, and yet uh, the, it's never enough for these liberals. And I think it's one of the big hoaxes that's, that's perpetrated on our society. And it's very unfortunate because this just gives jobs away. It makes our, our economy less efficient. Um, it, it's all built on a complete fallacy. All of their uh, predictions, like I said, have, come, have not come true. Um, and uh, I, I think it's just one of these, these major hoaxes that the left has uh, perpetrated and violated the American public with. And it's just, uh, you know, and Obama's still talking about this nonsense uh, so uh, he, he really needs to go away. I think he's like chicken little at this point. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, and, and it's interesting, too, because what happens is you even w- with your refutation of this, you know, global warming part with the St. Louis temperatures. I mean, I keep looking at this map and this map has been with us uh, since the beginning of November or or close to the beginning of November where I'm looking at like a windchill map, for instance, of the entirety of the United States, and with the exception of maybe South Beach and South Padre Island and Tijuana, uh, every part uh, above the U.S. and the U.S., even, even San Diego, there are no temperatures above 40 degrees anywhere in the nation. I mean, so, and we're, and we're about to watch, you know, the Macy's Day Parade you know, in, in frozen and, and the Charlie Brown balloon <laughs> grounded. And it's, it's, it's going to be the, uh, the, the uh, coldest uh, Macy's Day parade since 1971, for crying out loud. So, you know, it's just, right. it, it's, it's just as, as crazy. And, and you're, you're right, though, to point out that the reality is uh, that when it's, it's not just – uh, fun and games talking about global warming. I mean, there are policies ultimately put in place uh, that that are destructive. And again, all we have to do is, for instance, look at what's happening in France. Macron and his gang of uh, liberals decided that they were going to increase the gas tax to wean people off of fossil fuels. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, 70% of people in France uh, drive to work. You know, this idea somehow that they're all wow. taking the TGV or whatever the hell it is, uh, are, 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 <laughs> uh, that, that's not true. They're all driving to work. So what do they do? A thousand of them hit the streets throughout France. And in fact, it wound up being almost 300,000 throughout all of France. And they're, and they're protesting. They're, they're hitting the streets, which, 
you know, I, I think we ought right. to do at some point. But boy, I, I I'm amazed by it. Yeah. Uh, but but that's because yeah, it's, it's going to hurt them. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, the only ones that helps is China, who's building all the windmills and the solar panels. And uh, it it hurts every it hurts our manufacturing, hurts our employment, hurts the working class, and they really just don't give a damn because they uh they're stuck on this uh this global warming uh. A myth that they've been running with for several several uh, years now, and again, we're not seeing uh, any uh, any proof that this is happening. I've I've ex- traveled some, Jamie, not not extensively, but I've been to Europe and to Asia several times. I still have yet to see any you know proof that this is this is uh, happening uh, in any of the locations I've been to. But you know, I guess these elites know better than we do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting too uh when when it came to uh even it's not only the windmills but but look at look at what happened with uh coal. I mean, uh, there was a time when when uh, we were attacking the coal industry and I got to tell you even GW kind of was um aggressive towards coal cuz he was part of uh that globalist republican system. I'm not saying that he was responsible for it, but he was part of that republican global system. Uh, that 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 put us into these trade deals that basically killed off our manufacturing industry in this country, and including coal. And then, lo and behold, the only people actually uh, building coal plants were in China. For crying out loud, they're building yeah. coal, coal coal plants while we're closing them down. Pretty amazing. Yeah, and uh, it was there was a time I know you recall this too back in the early 2000s where uh, you couldn't even question if global warming was a myth. I mean, it became such a religion on the left. And uh, I guess Obama's still pushing it. But uh, I think the U.S. is doing just fine without that Paris, uh, you know, agreement. And uh, uh, I, it's, it's a shame that Obama's still polluting the minds of young people with uh, that, that nonsense. Right. Well, you know what else is a shame, too? Uh, that that we that if we can't get our news from the Gateway Pundit, a reality check from the Gateway Pundit, we have to then also go to Inside Edition for news about immigrants and illegals and DACA recipients because... Uh, stopping police dash cam video of a police officer getting into a gunfight with a suspect he pulled over. It's a scene that kind of looks like a shootout from the old Wild West. Yeah, and it just so happens that this guy who is shooting directly at the police officer happens to be an individual named Luis Cobos Sinobio, uh, an immigrant yeah. to the U.S. who is also a DACA-protected illegal immigrant. And 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 you and yeah. you have a post up there from none other than Inside Edition that decided to cover the story. Right, right. He looks like a great guy, doesn't he? Oh yeah, such a you know con- con- nice contributor to our uh, economy and to our uh, society. Uh, this was this was just a frightening video. You see this guy getting out of the car and he's you know uh, shooting at the the top car several times. Jumps back in his car, drives away. Uh, just frightening. This guy has no conscience. He got pulled over for a traffic stop and just started unloading on the cop. Uh, what the, what the media, this, it really just broke yesterday. As far as I know, Jamie, maybe it came out a couple of days before it's the first time I saw it was that this guy is a DACA recipient. We yeah. knew that he was, uh, I think an illegal immigrant at one point, but, uh, uh, the fact that he's a DACA recipient, you know, it just, uh, 
it just comes out now. And this is just a horrific video. So uh, I, I don't think it helps the left much. But again, it's one of those stories that uh, it's just buried. You just don't see much about it. Yeah, also in the news, and, and I know for a while there, at least for uh, in, in our circles, you've heard people demanding uh, who want to end the Fed, right? And, and right. oftentimes those people are written off as, you know, crazies or what have you. And uh, you have a great post up there uh, that is explaining how the, uh, the Fed actually and its role in the interest rates and everything else – was the one that kind of kicked off this uh, terrible uh, stock situation that we were, we were undergoing and, and cost Americans millions. Uh, and and uh, Stephen Moore uh, basically said as much that, that this, uh, the increasing federal interest rates, basically, they overdid it. And, and that's why right. we had this uh, run. Right. This is amazing. Uh, of course, it won't get much press, but um, I, we, we put a chart up. My brother Joe put this, this post up just this morning, just a few minutes ago. But it, there's this amazing chart that shows during the Bush years, the Fed raised the rate to about 5%. During Papa Bush's years, the Fed also raised the rate. He blamed the Fed for his loss, actually, um, because it slowed down the economy. During the Obama years, they didn't touch the rate. It was at zero for most of his presidency. They raised it just a tick right at the end. Now with Trump, they keep raising it up. And that's why Trump uh, replaced Janet Yellen, because he was worried that she was going to keep playing this game, keep increasing the Fed rate and the interest rates. And uh, so he replaced this Yellen with Jerome Powell and in October 3rd, Jerome Powell made a statement like, oh, we're going to keep raising rates, and we might even continue to keep them when we don't need to. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it, just, it just killed the economy. It's just been tanking since then. And uh, Steve Moore comes out yesterday. He said this before, and we've reported on this before. It just seems, uh, it seems like uh, insanity. I feel sorry for Trump because he thought this guy would be favorable with the rates and, you know, kind of lay off. Instead, he's just been the opposite. And they, they, this, this Jerome Powell, I, I blame him along with Steve Moore for just killing the economy last month. We hit a new record last month in, in, in October, like October 3rd, 2nd or 3rd. This guy makes that statement. It's been going down ever since. Um, so uh, it's, it's this federal, the, it, it's, uh, it's, the Fed is very dangerous, it looks like, and uh, – I think this is a great article. I hope your listeners look at it because it really shows how dangerous the Fed can be. Well, and, and, and you know what's interesting, too, is that the Fed apparently plays favorites because it did keep those interest rates down around zero during pretty much all of Barack Obama's term. Right. I mean, you right. know, that's just infuriating. And they raised it five times, five times under Trump. Yeah, in two years, at least five times. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it really is. So when you hear people talk about ending the Fed, I don't know whether that's the answer or not. But now, now you know why people are so uh, damn suspicious sometimes of uh, of the Fed and and how it operates. Right. It, it apparently doesn't operate uh, actually very objectively when it comes to these uh, these administrations. And then, of course, uh, finally. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
I, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I always love these uh, little bits and pieces where you have uh, the uh, piece of video up there, and I'm always good for a good old-fashioned Shepard Smith troll, uh, where you have <laughs> Shepard Smith, because Shepard Smith is huge. I mean, whatever's going on over at Fox News, I know apparently it, it's it's the brothers now who run things, right? The the, the Murdoch sons right. who run things over there. So you've, you've probably seen kind of a noticeable change in tone uh, among some of the people. I'm still really grateful for the fact that Fox News has that evening lineup of Tucker Carlson and Laura and Sean, which is uh, perfect. Right. Uh, but, but, mm-hmm. but, but, but the fact of the matter is most of the day operation is this watered-down Chris Steyerwalt, Dana Perino, uh, Shepard Smith, Hogwash that we see most of the time, uh, and, Amen. And, and so you know that that becomes that that's kind of the day we have to put up with. So, and Shepard Smith is the most insufferable because um, he is now an an, an activist, uh, an anti-Trump activist on on TV, which is fine. But just just do what Sean Hannity does and admit you have a point of view, and this is your this is your opinion show as opposed to the calling it the Shepard Smith news hour, because it's really not a news hour. It's Shepard Smith's editorial hour. So you put up a, <laughs> a post that shows Shepard Smith putting on makeup right in the middle of a live interview. It's really funny. Yeah. It's actually a couple of years old, but it's yeah. funny. Somebody sent it to me and yeah. uh, I couldn't resist, but uh, right in the middle of his interview, some guy's talking to him and they don't show Shep and, uh, he, you know, he's trying to make his point, and he's looking right at Shep, and then the camera flashes back to Shepard Smith. He's got his little compact out, and he's powdering his <laughs> nose and forehead. So, uh, yeah, you don't see that every day. <laughs> and I don't remember seeing this ever. I thought it was funny. No, I can't. I actually can't imagine like being sitting there and being interviewed by Shepard Smith, and the, and the guy like, and he takes out a compact and starts putting on makeup i mean it's or or, or i'm sorry because <laughs> these guys are all in makeup first so somebody else does their makeup so clearly uh right shepherd smith in the middle of the interview decided he was going to freshen up <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> but that's what we get man well i'll tell you what uh you are uh among many people we're very thankful for to have in our midst and to be out there uh uh, telling the truth and 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 making the truth available to us where otherwise it isn't. So, uh, Jim Hoft, I'm I'm wishing you a very blessed Thanksgiving and appreciate all that Thanks, you have Jim. done uh, for this country and uh, for the truth. So, happy Thanksgiving to you and Thanks your so family. Much, Jamie. All right, Jimmy, that's uh, the happy Gateway Thanksgiving. Pundit. You too. Thank you. That's uh, Jim Hoft, the uh, Gateway Pundit. And yeah, that's the only place you're going to find that kind of stuff. You know, people. That's really what it's all about. <laughs> Good morning, this morning. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's have a pearl necklace moment. Not for me. I uh, love seeing ZZ Top when they're in town here. They are. Uh, I went to, uh, out to the, uh, there was a, I think it was the Southern Rock, or it was great, because it was, it was over at the Family Arena, and uh, it was like something really that would, that would piss off like the Antifa people, but 
they don't have means of transportation, which is why they all squat in Portland and pee all over everything and hit people with bike locks. But uh, they say they don't get they don't ever venture out to St. Charles where people don't put up with them. So anyway, it was like called the South Will Rise Again tour or something. It was like really, like really. It was I don't know what I forgot what they called it, but the South Will Rise Again tour. <laughs> Coming to the family arena, the South will rise again. It's like right on. So they had the uh, so it was the Outlaws, and it w- it was uh, Marshall Tucker. I think Charlie Daniels was there, and maybe a couple other bands. And I took uh, Aiden to go see. I had had to see the Outlaws because because uh, I I was listening to the Outlaws right around the time that Aiden. At Aiden's age, 13 and 14. I'll never forget having my little cassette, my Walkman, and my Outlaws tape. And they're a great band. They were every bit a great band at the Family Arena. And then Marshall Tucker was there, uh, the Marshall Tucker band. George McCorkle is still the singer there. And I was with Toy Caldwell's daughter, Cassidy. And so we got to get kind of up close and everything else and saw them. And then left the Family Arena, took a cab over to... uh, the Riverport Amphitheater, which I don't know, I forgot what it's called, but it's called the Hollywood Casino. I mean, I don't know what it's called now, but uh, and ZZ Top was on stage, so I, I really, my real focus was I wanted to make sure Aiden saw some of the old school bands that I, I grew up listening to, and and ZZ Top was fantastic, man. Damn, are they good? And they were great in concert. They were rocking everything. They get out there and just. Uh, Totally jam, but yeah, I grew up on this stuff, man. All day long. Let the uh, Trace Ombres is great. That's an old. That's an old one too. I think Facebook's gonna. I don't want to risk it now. Facebook will pull me off. The big crabby Appleton's over there. No sense of humor over there at, at uh, Facebook. Especially now that their stock is tanking, thanks to um, the work of the Fed and and everything, it's a kind of a mixture of that. All right. So yesterday I told you about how uh, Ocasio Cortez, you know, when she was out there with the, um, she was uh, out there for one of her first stops when she got to Washington D.C. was to go and greet a bunch of Nancy Pelosi protesters that were hanging outside of Nancy Pelosi's office. And when Ocasio-Cortez went over there, keep up the good work, everybody. I'm so glad you're working to change the three chambers of Congress. She was, you know, and and at that point, like, wow. So uh, looks like Ocasio-Cortez is making a run for Nancy Pelosi. She's uh, fighting the power. She's she's doing some due diligence here, and she's one of the new Democrat young guns. She's 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 getting out there, getting her hands dirty, and and taking on the big dogs. And she's telling people, you know, hey, uh, you know, good for you being outside here and 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 doing everything that you can do to to. Uh, Change the world. Good for you. At that point, I'm thinking to myself, huh, this is interesting. 
I find it um, uh, until she's on Chris Hayes' show. And we're thinking that she's like the future of the Democratic Party. And of course, uh, some people even talked about her being being the next House Speaker. And of course, uh, it would be interesting to have a House Speaker who doesn't even know what the three branches of government are, but uh, who's counting? So, and of course, Kasin says no, because he, he was all a big Ocasio. He thought she'd be next president, but she's not quite ready yet to be House Speaker, you see. Because that's translated. We like to keep our blacks and Hispanics kind of right in their little place. And we let the the white, old white liberals take care of everything. That's how we operate. Every once in a while, we'll throw a bone to the blacks and promote Obama out of the blue. But other than that, we generally try to keep everybody in their place. So uh, invariably, then, the Pelosi machine gets out there. And I compare it actually to in a different way to the old um, uh, the the Disney witch giving sleepy Sleeping Beauty a bite of the a bite of the apple. And am I mixing the shows? I don't know what. It, either way, just just roll with me here. So there's Nancy Pelosi, uh, and she sees Ocasio Cortez wandering around her little pretty little uh, wide eyed young self. And Nancy Pelosi uh, gets wind of the fact that Ocasio-Cortez might actually be an influential woman in Congress eventually. And so uh, so Nancy Pelosi has her spindly finger. Did they kick me off? No, we're fine. Nancy Pelosi gets her little spindly finger out there and says, Come here, little girl. Take a bite of this delicious, beautiful red apple. And Ocasio-Cortez is like, okay, I like apples. And she bites the apple and then suddenly appears on Chris Hayes' show where she is sleepwalking, apparently, and sleep-talking and under the influence of Nancy Pelosi's juicy red apple. What I'm hearing from you is that you don't feel like there's an ideological or substantive sort of agenda-driven core of this objection. No, I'm... Here, I'll listen, listen to it. He asked her about... Look, uh, the- one of the sort of big issues right now is this leadership fight. Mm-hmm. So there are 16 House Democrats who signed a letter saying the time has come for new leadership, basically saying they won't vote for Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Ben McAdams wins in Utah, that's uh, they're one vote short of blocking her. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you and how do you read this fight? Well, for me, when I when I was reading this letter that was kind of uh, released today, my main concern was that there is no vision, there is no common value, there is no goal that is really articulated in this letter aside from we need to change. And for me, what that says is, you know, I do think that we got uh, sent to Congress on a mandate to change how government works, to change uh, what government even looks like, but... Uh, If we are not on the same page about changing the systems and the values and how we're going to adapt as a party for the future, then what is the point of just changing our party leadership? So now you get the picture, right? Because the red apple brought to her by Nancy Pelosi worked because suddenly she's saying, you know, that whole thing about changing leadership, I... You know, I don't I don't really know about that. And of course she responds with some uh unintelligible answer of like changing the system or whatever the hell it was she was uh talking about. And 
it's kind of interesting because this seems to be a trend. So now for because I have another little uh, example for you here, and and I will uh, bring that into formulation to Martha Fudge. But I'll I'll finish up the Ocasio Cortez. So Ocasio Cortez clearly has been reminded by the white liberal power structure over there in in Congress. And I realize I'm playing, you know, racial, I'm saying the white, because we hate the old white men thing. But you know what I'm talking about, though, because that's kind of what, I I like to talk about white liberals in that fashion because the white liberal guiltists always act like they're standing up for the little minority person, when in fact what they do is they utilize them and then basically push them aside. It's why in St. Louis, for instance, you got a... uh, uh, you, you got a ribbon cutting ceremony at the arch that didn't have any black people there. It's kind of like, and then you saw Lida Crusin and her whole mafia there. That was pretty much about it. And and they were more than happy to utilize and get elected on the backs of blacks and then just simply shun them and put them aside because that's blacks are only a useful voting block for most people in the, on on the liberal end. So apparently they have uh, managed to get at Ocasio Cortez. And I don't know whether it was Nancy herself with her nice little delicious red apple or it was um, maybe some of her henchwomen. Now, we don't normally talk that way about the queen, Ms. Cortez. You see, we have a system here. And that system means that you basically shut your fat mouth or Nancy Pelosi will kill your career the way she killed the career of Debbie Wasserman Schultz or any other woman in Congress that's a Democrat that tried to take her on. Uh, let me ask you, and you're like, oh, that's kind of overdramatic, Almond. No, I'll tell you what. Why don't you name, name another prominent Democrat House female. Name one. Aside from Nancy Pelosi, can you? Oh, okay, Maxine Waters. I, I get it. But you know what I'm talking I mean, you know, she's, you know, she'll cut Nancy Pelosi's head off. But she's her own little entity there. But name one female of prominence in the House other than Nancy Pelosi. A- a- and this is the woman who, by the way, claims that we should only elect women because they know how to talk to people and they know how to negotiate and do all this kind of stuff. And yet Nancy Pelosi hasn't lifted a finger to help them. And then when they appear to be making any kind of run at her, she will basically co-opt them. And believe me, she'll wind up crushing the dreams of Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez is going to be another good little soldier for Nancy Pelosi. Because you do know what happened here to Marsha Fudge, right? So Marsha Fudge does an interview and uh, she's out there saying, you know, um, I might actually be a good alternative to, uh, I might be able to be a good alternative to Nancy Pelosi because uh, here's the deal. There's a, you know, movement out there among some of us that believes there's not enough adequate uh, representation for um, 
minorities and for blacks in Congress. We have the Black Caucus. But maybe it's time for the Democratic Party to put its money where its mouth is and actually have a minority female in the position of power. And I'm just I'm just I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that it was that was Marsha Fudge's deal. And those people who signed that letter that Chris Hayes was talking about, uh they're all Marsha Fudge people. They were all people who thought, you know, we could probably do Marsha Fudge. Now, what happened probably with Pelosi is she told Ocasio-Cortez, you just stand by, honey. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll save a space for you when I leave, okay? So don't get involved in this Marsha Fudge movement because there's a place for you later on. You can see how this goes. So Marsha Fudge does, starts to get a little uh, few uh, legs here, and she starts to see a little movement but then what do you think happens? Well, you see that Marsha Fudge yesterday reversed course, and I'm talking about completely reversed course, and endorsed Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it was that fast, and I'll tell you why it was that fast in just a second. But her announcement was, last week I announced that I was strongly considering a run for Speaker of the House. Basically, this is just one big never mind. Leader Pelosi has granted me the opportunity to create the record necessary to satisfy the 2013 Supreme Court decision in Shelby County versus Holder so that she protected the Voting Rights Act, which reinstated in blah, blah, blah. She also assured me that the most loyal voting bloc of the Democratic Party, black women, will have a seat at the decision-making table. So you saw how Nancy Pelosi was out there thanking Al Sharpton for saving America. Thank you, Al Sharpton, for saving America. It's like, uh, what? And then, of course, uh, and, and you black ladies out there, don't worry. I'm going to have you, I'm going to have a seat at the table for you. And she might have told that to, to uh, to Marsha Fudge, but uh, but I'm sure what you know what else came after that is this. Oh, by the way, Marsha Fudge, I don't know whether you remember that time that you were supportive of a person who wound up killing his wife his ex-wife after he was released from prison. Do you remember when you supported him? Because we do. Yeah. So what happened was a Cleveland newspaper uh, went ahead and started to report this. So let me give you the background on this. Uh, Former Cuyahoga Common Pleas Judge Lance Mason, who spent nine months in prison for beating his then- wife in front of their children is accused of fatally stabbing the woman Saturday at his Shaker Heights home. Mason was arrested on suspicion of murder in connection with the death of his estranged wife, Isa Fraser Mason, at the home on uh, Chagrin Boulevard near Normandy Road, blah, 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 blah. And so it turns out that um, we wonder, well, how, how did, how did, uh, how is Marsha Fudge connected to all this. Well, uh, three years ago, she wrote a letter in support of uh, Judge Mason, in support of being allowed to maybe let him out. 
prison. So she was a supporter of his. And she wrote a letter saying that the brutal attack on his wife the first time, she said something like this will never happen again. Dozens of letters were written on this killer's behalf, even though he had not killed yet, between his arrest for that attack and when his disciplinary case went before the Supreme Court. Uh, judges who worked with Mason and prominent lawyers were among those who wrote in support of, Nation, uh, of Mason. And, um, and Marsha Fudge wrote that he accepts full responsibility for his actions and assured me that nothing like this will n- ever happen again. Although it says here, he has assured me that something like this will never happen again. Okay. Lance Mason is a good man who made a very bad mistake. I can only hope that you can see in Lance what others see. So what happened is the Democrats got a hold of this letter in this past and had planned actually – to raise her support of this guy who then went on to kill his wife, his ex-wife. So he, so she was responsible for helping him get out. And then he went and killed his ex-wife, who she said, who Marcia Fudge said it would never happen again. So this little controversy in her background was dug up. It wasn't dug up by Republicans, by the way. It was dug up by Democrats. And it was dug up by people who are, of course, the op research people for Nancy Pelosi. There's no doubt about it, as far as I'm concerned. I don't have proof of that. But the same day that this whole thing was posted on the website, Fudge reversed herself on challenging Pelosi. Now, obviously, again, did Nancy Pelosi have absolute control over these kinds of things? Nobody knows. But you got to know now that in the aftermath of it all, she's got, she's, she, she's, she is a person who now is now marching around Washington, D.C. Yeah. Free from any challenges because... Because now you have Nancy marching around old D.C. And on her leash are Ocasio-Cortez, Marsha Fudge, and heaven knows what other of her little puppy dogs does she have at her disposal. And on her leash. Here she comes. Yeah. She ought to be locked up and never released. Like a spider full of kill. That's all Cruella, Cruella DeVille. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi knows how to crush people, that's for sure. And she knows how to put them in their place where they belong at the end of her little liberal leash. Nice try, Ocasio-Cortez. Nice try, Marsha Fudge. You made a you, you made a good run for it, but yeah. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, I'm always. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they know somebody who is uh, quite possibly going to be trying to enter into uh, Democrat politics at a higher level. And I told her, I said, uh, and she was, you know, kind of. We we're just talking about it and talking about Republicans and that kind of thing. And I told her, I said, you know. Uh, He's not going to have to worry about Republicans. He's going to have to worry about Democrats because most of the things that happen within these parties that is ultimately brought out to destroy people and dismantle people is brought out by this, the same party. Uh, because you do remember, of course, that Donald Trump was not the originator of the birther movement. You know you know that, right? The birth certificate thing? That came from the Clintons. And it came from the Clintons when they were running against Obama in 2007. And I think it actually reared its head about 2006 or so. But it was put out there, about, it was about right after Obama gave that speech at the convention. Remember that? And we we're like, who is that dude? Well, that must be the guy they're, you know, kind of grooming and everything else. Uh, and, and you know, everybody was like, oh, Barack Obama, that's, you know, it's interesting, blah, blah, blah. And so next thing you know, he's president of the United States. But he was running in that primary, and, 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 the, um, and the whole birther thing originated with, with the Clintons, not, not Donald Trump, not Republicans. It was the Clintons who came up with this little thing. You know, he's probably Kenyan. It's like, oh, really? And, of course, then, of course, you have uh, hungry and, in my sense, in some cases, misguided Republicans who will pick up on it and use it because they, they find that to be an interesting tidbit. And, of course, I'm sure with, uh, with, uh, with Marsha Fudge, I'm sure they, they, their Republicans were prepared to bring that up once Fudge became House Speaker if she ever did, but the Democrats decided they were going to bring that up beforehand and try to derail and scare Marcia Fudge and keep her from going. Uh, it doesn't only happen in the Democratic Party, I will tell you. Uh, and, and, and in fact, uh, it, it, it happens in the Republican Party. And, and Ben and I talked about that uh, earlier. And, uh, and, and it was a situation with involving Eric Greitens and the Republican Party. It was the Republican Party that brought down Eric Greitens. Now, keep in mind, uh, Stacey Newman and her slow stepson, Drew, and the rest of that little uh, gang of petty, uh, worthless public servants uh, were were certainly brought brought to the attention, obviously with the with the uh, with the affair and all that kind of stuff. But uh, keep in mind, Eric Greitens would still be governor had it not been for Republicans. It it wasn't Democrats that brought down Eric Greitens in the end. Eric Greitens was governor of the state of Missouri in a house controlled by Republicans and in a Senate controlled by Republicans. And Eric Greitens could have withstood the this situation, could have withstood the controversy, as far as I'm concerned. 
And then we could have had a situation where we did the right thing and let the voters decide in 2020 whether they were tolerant or intolerant of Eric Greitens' actions. And unfortunately, uh, we couldn't wait for that uh, because the Republicans couldn't tolerate waiting for that because if they waited for that, then Eric Greitens could do what he had actually planned to do, which was uh, which was go ahead and uh, and end the whole tax credit monstrosity that was going on, where there were individuals in the wealthy world of Sterling Bank and others who were using these tax credits, getting the tax credits. And then, uh, and then taking them and selling them. In fact, for instance, uh, Claire McCaskill's husband was among those individuals who was gaining a hell of a lot from the tax credit system. And so that was it. Was so, and there were Republicans doing it too. And so. Eric Greitens, these people couldn't afford to keep Eric Greitens around because he had he made any headway whatsoever in terms of uh, getting re- rid of these tax credits, it would have hurt them because they were gaining too much money out of it. They were getting too much money out of it. And, and so Sterling Bank, you know, for instance, which is the main sponsor of uh, Scott Fawn's little uh, – whatever that is, show TV show that he has where he invites all his uh, dutiful Republicrats on who, who do all of his bidding. Of course, Sterling, they, they, they sponsored that TV show. And I mean, it was all just one big racket, basically. And so and then and then you had Republicans who were out there, uh, the senators, and those kind of guys who who were trying to derail uh Eric Reitens, because a lot of them also received a lot of money from a lot of people who received a lot of money as a result of the tax credit system here for for the low income housing tax credit system. So there were there were all kinds of people who really were uh, tied to this system and were benefiting so much from it they couldn't afford to have Eric Reitens around and, and to let him continue. So that's why the Republicans and, the, and these are people who we're going to remember. And I talked to Ben earlier about this, and and uh, and, and that's why these guys were ultimately going to uh, start over the next two years to uh, to fight these people head on and primary them. Some of them have already left office, and and so they didn't have to care. They really were very concerned, mostly about uh, making sure that they could have a. Uh, a job afterwards. So they were all sucking up to a lot of these power brokers because uh, if they, if they could help get rid of Greitens and then end the, the goal to end tax credits, then uh, they could have uh, great cushy jobs with these people who they help defend. It's, it's very, it's very easy to see and, and, and very easy to, uh, to, 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 to notice what's going on here. And so now you've got him gone and the big pigs down there are still feeding from the public tax credit trough. 
and the pigs who supported them during this process, it didn't have anything to do with morality. It didn't have anything to do with any of that. It, it, it had to do with them trying to protect a huge amount of money that some of their campaigns depended on and some of their future jobs depended on, and that's how that works. And so they wound up they wound up dismantling uh, the uh, the administration of Eric Greitens, and it had nothing to do whatsoever with uh, with what Eric Greitens did with dark money, or they, they were all they were all lying about how dark money was the reason why they decided to go after him and the affair and all that kind of stuff. It was all just a complete and total uh, boondoggle conspiracy to. Uh, to go ahead and knock him out because a lot of their money depended on it. And we'll connect the dots eventually and get this all together. But there are some usual suspects out there. Some of them have actually been reelected this time around. They're Republicans. And we're going to expose them over the next uh, year or so. And, 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 and we're going to uh, start to actively find people who are ultimately going to primary them because, uh, they took Governor Greitens away from us wrongly, and it was the own party. It was our own party. So ultimately, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to pay for that, and we'll make sure that they do. Why don't we go ahead and since Dustin's early, it's going to get Dustin in here now from Gold Oak Lending three one four five six seven Gold. We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care. And manufacturing studio, ddtruckusa.com. Also, don't forget, don't forget about my man, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. He is, as of January 1, going to be celebrating 45 years in the window fashion business. He's a guy who can... uh, Get you taken care of with all of your window treatment needs. Maybe uh, you're taking a little break from everything this uh, Thanksgiving holiday, but uh, you're going to be geared up for Christmas, and maybe you're looking for a way to treat yourself and get your uh, house in order with a nice uh, new window treatment project that could really revamp your house. You could spend a ton of money remodeling, but a window fashion treatment could do a lot for your home. He's done three different jobs for me. He's there seven days a week. He could get be there on for you on Sunday. He'll be even for you this Sunday if you want to give him a call. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. The best value you're going to find at window treatments anywhere. And also don't forget about Ricky Hall and Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks. That's where you're going to find uh, not only the Lady Lean, and the hormone booster that's a great little set it's a it's a it's a duo for the ladies and for the guys it's winoline and virilitat which is a test booster but it's really great it'll energize you and help you burn fat and everything else and with the holidays all going on you want to try to get every advantage some of you are so busy you're not able to work out or this will um, preserve that body of yours. 
or actually help you go ahead and uh, and, and lose some weight and get yourself in shape and stay active throughout the winter. It's uh, nhq.rocks, Manchester and McKnight in Rock Hill. Dustin, how you doing, brother? Pretty good, Jamie. How about yourself? Happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for being here with yeah. us uh, from Golden Oak Lending. How, how's everything going over there? Well, really well. Yeah. Busy? Yeah. Believe it or not, with the holidays, very busy, and that's, that's a good thing. Well, and, and especially now, uh, and it's 314567GOLD, especially now with the fact that, uh, that you guys are offering two months of float, which means that uh, I'll explain how that works. So essentially, if you start your application with us today, we work so quickly that we usually would get you closed towards the beginning of December, middle of December. You miss your December payment because we're closed in that month, and you wouldn't have to make a first payment till February. Wow. So skip your December and your January. That's awesome. And, and, and you guys have to know how great that is to have that kind of money in your pocket, especially around the holiday seasons where, where uh, first of all, you have December where you're putting it out. And then you have January where you got to put it back in in terms of paying off your bills. So if you have two months of mortgage payments uh, that you don't have to make, that's a sizable impact. It's a lot of money. I mean, no average, doubt. average payment's about fifteen to $1,800, so you're talking $3,000 or more. Oh, yeah. Just that alone you're putting back in your pocket? No doubt. Love it. And, and uh, also, by the way, for you guys who are the Radio Free Almond listeners, uh, you're able to get a free appraisal when you get that mortgage checkup as well. So that's a great offer. Just make sure you mention uh, my name when you call them, 314-567-GOLD. Don't forget, too, that they have uh, 24-hour service for you, availability for you on their chat. Uh, component on goldenoaklending.com on the website there. So that's good news, too. Yep. So looking forward to a good Thanksgiving, huh? I am, yeah. The family? Family. We go down to my sister's for uh, Thanksgiving itself, and then we try to come back and rush and do it for our family. <laughs> but it's tried to, hard to fit it I all know. in there, but you do. Yeah, where, where is down? Sullivan, Missouri. Oh, Sullivan. Okay. Yeah, they Beautiful live outside Sullivan. of Sullivan, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Where are you from? Sullivan. Oh, you're from Sullivan. Actually, we grew up in between Sullivan and another town. We grew up in the country out that way, but I went to high school there. Yeah, right along yeah. 44 there, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's I, like, I like that whole area down there, Sullivan, St. James, and that whole area down wine, there. A little bit of wine country down yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of wine country, yeah. and, and, it, and you know, I like kind of the old school Route 66 feel that, that yeah. some of the side uh, side attractions have, so that's kind of cool, too. That's a cool area. We talked earlier, too, about the Feds uh, and, and how basically the Federal Reserve has, you know, in the opinion of many, run amok. I mean, they're, they're, there's a, there's, they're, they're raising rates. I mean, they kept all the rates down around zero during the Obama administration, and now suddenly they're up in the threes, or at least three, and they're, and they're talking about raising them even more. So all the more reason to try to get in while the getting is good. You guys can sometimes even adjust some rates lower, but nonetheless, now's, now's a good time to do it. I agree with you. I think this is the time. They're going to keep raising them until the economy responds negatively to it, and I think this is the time if you can get in, get in now because it will make a difference. Yeah, and, and, and that's, it makes your job a little harder because you guys, you know, when, they, when they're raising rates, people are get, get scared, uh, uh, but, but they're still lower than, than there's a possibility they're lower than they were when you first got your house anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, when I first started doing this, rates were not uncommon to be at 8 or 9%. Right. So the fact that they're still in the threes and fours, it's still a great market. And the other thing is, too, is even when they do increase, usually more programs come out that might better your situation. So the rate doesn't mean as much to you. So you might have a 4% and have to move up a little bit, but you might have a better benefit with that loan. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's great. And, and again, as I say, folks, uh, Golden Oak Lending, and I love the fact that they are uh, 
one of the big supporters of Radio Free Almond and uh, James Hawkins and Sean and the gang out there uh, really run a, a tight ship. They keep everybody happy there. They're guys who have come from the uh, uh, lowest rungs. That they started as, as just people working there and then wound up buying the company and taking over the company. And so uh, they pass that kind of knowledge and that history on to the people who work for them, which is why you have a lot of happy people working there. And you have uh, some great professionals, and you have people who are local. Uh, Golden Oak Lending is kind of amazing. You guys are like one of the top three largest lenders in the country, and yet you're in our backyard. Yeah, I think we're number three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's <laughs> you think about the large banks, everything out there, and we're number right. three. I know, and that's that's awesome, and and, and that. What, what that means is the fact that they're local means that if you're going to go with somebody because you, you're, you're hearing these names out there and you're thinking, oh, I hear that name all the time. That must be a big – that Golden Oak is just as big, but you're getting the local flavor. You're getting the people who actually uh, live here, uh, know your neighborhood, know who you are, and are able to, able to help you that way. And the other great thing with that is, too, is many times from those big lenders, we have people call us and tell us that they were turned down, but since we're local – we know you and who you are as a client. We're able to get a lot of those clients approved with us where they were turned down somewhere else. Yeah, and the, and, and the other thing I want to add, too, about the turning down thing is that the underwriters, oftentimes what happens is these guys will always blame the underwriters. Oh, the underwriters in Chicago said blah, blah, blah. The underwriters uh, at Golden Oak Lending are at Golden Oak Lending. They're, they're, they're in the building, and, yeah. and, and they're, they're on a, in a different office or a different place, but but they're in the building, so Dustin can go and talk to an underwriter face-to-face. So it doesn't take, first of all, five days or whatever, but it also is, uh, there's, a, there's a relationship there where they can make things work for you. Yeah, they're right downstairs. I mean, every day, it seems like you're working on something that somewhere else probably would turn down, but you can go down to them, explain them the, the situation, what happened. They'll say, oh, just write a letter for me or do this or get me that, and let's nice. get it approved and get it closed. Right. So yeah. you had that, come on, man. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but that's the way it is. It's, it's, it, and, and they all know each other, and they, they've been working together for a long time, and that's how it works. Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving to, to you, Dustin, and to your family. Yeah, happy and Thanksgiving to, to you, and thank you for having me on. No and, doubt, buddy, and, and appreciate you coming down. And it's 314-567-GOLD. Uh, great people there, and they're all dressed like this, except unless they're women, and then they're they're dressed in the nines in other ways. But they're all professional people, and when you get there, when you see them, um, they are giving you the kind of respect that uh, that they want you to feel that you deserve and that 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 you you need to get uh, when it comes to refinancing and having this kind of a relationship with Golden Oak Lending. So they take it very seriously, as you can tell. And I hope you guys take me very seriously when I tell you. Make sure you call them, 314-567-GOLD. Two months where you don't have to pay a mortgage payment. And also you get a free appraisal when you mention my name and you're getting a mortgage checkup from them. So uh, have a blessed Thanksgiving, buddy. You too. Great to know you. And, and, and thank you, thankful for all you do. Thank you. All right? That's uh, Dustin from Golden Oak Lending. Thanks, man. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> That whole thing from the holidays, rushing around, you know, back and forth. It was a time of having to do like two families in one day and 
It's always been tough. I remember one time when the kids were really little, and we were in town here, and it got to the point where, like, for instance, at Christmas time, you know, you have two families that you need to see, and uh, and you go to one family, and let's say they're supposed to, you're, you're going to go one family, and they're supposed to have dinner like at, you know, four or something, and then... Later on, the other family is going to get together, and they're going to have dinner. But you're going to be there for dessert and gifts. You know, you know how it is. But one day, so uh, one year went to uh, one year went to went to did the two family thing. And if 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 somebody is remotely like late getting stuff done, you know, like if dinner was supposed to be at four, but then suddenly it's like five thirty. And you're like, oh, man, now you're in a rush. So got to the point where one t- the last straw was we were at my sister's and we were in a hurry to get over to Andrea's family and my sister. And we're like opening gifts at the dinner table because dinner was late. I'm not blaming my sister. I'm just, that just happens because you're at holiday and, you know, things burn or you know you know how it is just normal uh so it wasn't it wasn't anybody's fault it was just that that was the circumstance we had to get over the you know the house and so we wound up opening christmas gifts at the dinner table and that's when we decided all right it's enough of this stuff it's too stressful it's too much so we decided okay one year we're going to be at one family's for Christmas. The next year we're going to be at the other family's for Christmas. We'll do Christmas Eve with one. Fa- you know, you know how it is. Thanksgiving, same way. We're not going to do two Thanksgivings. We're either going to be there this year, and then next year we won't be there. We'll be with the other family. So we had. We finally. He just had to kind of like say, "We got it." We got to change this because it was getting, it was, it was, you know, and you're, and you're driving around and you're speeding over to the other panel. It's just, it gets to be too, uh, too much. So that's the holiday story. I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't really mind the hustle and bustle of, of, of that uh, as much, but, but, but it, it did get to the point where it, it when it, when it came time to actually open, uh, where we were opening presents at a dinner table, that was the la- That was it. That was like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing this. This is too much. We're not doing this again. So anyway, did you see this thing about romaine lettuce? It, 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 they're telling, um, they're telling people, it's not just one brand of romaine lettuce. It's apparently uh, any kind of romaine lettuce you need to stay away from. By the way, you people, don't go out and try to get my collard greens today. I'm getting those collard greens today. Don't be buying them up. I'm going to get out there early. Right after the show, I'm getting my collard greens. So don't be trying to get – last night I tried to get the collard greens, and they weren't there at Whole Foods. So – uh, and 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 uh, 
I went there because I'm going to make uh, for Thanksgiving. I'm I'm going to make because well, going over to my sister's house. I'm going to make uh, collard green au gratin. It's good. I I like making collard greens, and I've made collard green slaw before. And collard greens are kind of hard to there. It's time consuming to do, to do this, and you got to do it right. And uh, and somebody I was talking to somebody who was it? Somebody's telling me oh collard greens taste kind of gritty. I go, well, if your collard greens taste gritty, whoever's cooking them isn't doing it right. I'm just telling you. So you get the collard greens going, and uh, and then the collard green al gratin. So it's breadcrumbs, and it's thyme, and it's prosciutto ham, and it's the collard greens. And what you do, it's almost like you're making a casserole. And you're and and you kind of layer it a little bit, but it's really it's really damn Parmesan cheese. It's really good. It takes a long time to make, but it's good. It's good. And uh, so the prosciutto ham, I told you guys this a while back, and nobody believed me, but you do realize that uh, that Iowa, Iowa, is among the prosciutto ham capitals of the world. They more prosciutto ham comes out of Iowa. Than Italy. It's pretty interesting, huh? So I got some prosciutto ham from Iowa. It's expensive. Prosciutto ham's expensive, man. What's up with you people over there? Is it really that much? Really that hard to come up with prosciutto ham? Why do I have to pay so so much for that? Like, oh, it's because of Whole Foods. Not because of Whole Foods. Because um, uh, there's really not much of a difference in prices between Whole Foods and Schnucks and Deerbergs. People think there is, but there really isn't. And I got to tell you, I love the people at Whole Foods. They're very, they're very, um, they're very nice people there. I like going there. I prefer going to that that particular uh, uh, place. And anyway, so I go there last night to pick up my all my ingredients, and uh, and I, I asked the produce guy whether or not because uh, I see a bunch of chard up there. But I, I didn't see any any uh, collard greens, and so I don't really. I mean, I I love to cook, and I I think I'm pretty good at cooking whatever. But uh, I don't know everything there is to know about stuff like that. And so I asked the guy. I said because uh, they look like collard greens because they come in those big you know bunches and they're big green leafy and they've got the stems on them and they look like you know fans. And I'm thinking that that looks like. Uh, collard greens, and so I asked the produce guy. I said, uh, "I said, uh, are char because I couldn't see the collard greens. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's what chard is." So I asked the guy. I said, "Is is this uh, is this the same? Is chard the same as collard greens?" And he goes, "Not even remotely. You would not like this if that's what you're if you're looking for collard greens." Chard would not be where it's at. I'm like, okay, fantastic. And he like said, "Here's what you do. We, I, I think I sold 75 pounds of collard greens today. So apparently, people are digging collard greens this time around, and uh, and so there's a collard green run. Maybe it's because they can't eat romaine lettuce. I don't know, but I'm getting my collard greens today because I'm reserving the collard greens because I know they're coming in." Uh, right now, as a matter of fact, I should probably call them now. Told me to call at eight and reserve them, but I will. Uh, I'll see. 
They're nice people at Whole Foods. And then I then I was looking for breadcrumbs. And so I uh, went and, and got these breadcrumbs. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and I asked the guy and, it, and, and they don't sit there and just point at people. Uh, they don't just sit there and, and point at to where it is. They, you, they have you follow them and they show you exactly where it is. Like I was looking for that. And then I didn't know where the prosciutto ham was either. As much as I go to Whole Foods, I didn't know where it is. I don't really buy. I didn't know where the place was. And then I asked another guy about prosciutto ham. I follow him over to the prosciutto ham. I was like, I would never would have known that was there. And thank you very much. And so finally, I go to the desk after I check out. I go to the front desk, the, the service, the customer service desk. And. It's weird how people act when you want to give them a compliment because they never expect it because apparently people just don't give people compliments that that if they're going to say anything, they yell. But if they have something positive to say, they really don't say it. Well, I'm the exact opposite. Usually if I have something negative to say, I don't, I don't bring it up. But if I have something positive to say, I definitely mention it. So if I'm at a restaurant and service is great, I am like, you know, all over it. I'm like, uh, you know, uh, tip well, obviously. And I always kind of tip well. You got to really kind of like, you have to basically spit on my food while I'm sitting there for me to do anything less than 20% usually. So I uh, I will go to the manager. I'll say, I, the, you know, that person was fantastic, blah, blah, blah. Normally, if something's not right, I just I just don't like I don't like complaining. More people maybe should complain because then maybe you get better. I don't know. I just don't I don't real feel comfortable complaining, and I just don't usually complain to people. But I will. I, it's more fun to compliment them when something's great. So I go up to the desk and uh, the people at the desk, and I said, I don't know what you guys are doing. And they're like looking at me like. Like I'm about to attack them. I said, I don't know what you guys are doing, but your people here are amazing. Your people who work here are really great at what they do. And I told him, I said, I, I went, every time I asked for something, uh, these people bent over backwards to, to help me and, and even had me follow, you know, uh, follow them to where it was. I mean, I just I, I, because when, when Amazon bought Whole Foods, everybody's thinking that they, it was going to go down the crapper, but it actually didn't go down the crapper uh, at all. In fact, I never, they've never been happier. I said that's pretty amazing. I, and so I said, is there any way, anything else I can do to kind of you know compliment? You know, they, well, you know, we can talk to the manager. And then fill, and I filled out a little complimentary compliment card or whatever. And I, uh, so then they called the manager. And of course, uh, the, all the woman at the desk said that there's a customer who wants to talk to you. So I'm sure the manager thought, oh gosh, this guy's going to, another complaining customer. And so I, uh, so I finally talked to the manager, Andy, came up to me and he had this look of dread on his face. And I said, buddy, I don't know what you guys are doing here, but everybody top to bottom has been just amazing at this place. Like, I can't say enough about how uh, impressed I am with uh, how you run things here and what you're doing here. And he goes, oh, thank you. I, 
normally we have if I have to call the manager, it's somebody yelling at me. I'm like, well, that's too bad because uh, I'm I'm telling you, you did a great job. So that's usually what I I'm not trying to say I'm a saint by any stretch, but I'm just telling you. Normally, that's what I do is I, I if I don't have anything uh, good to say, I just don't say it. At least you know, uh, in out in the regular world. When I'm on the radio, I'll, you know, you know, you know me. But anyway, I. Uh, so, but it's kind of sad though that that people uh, don't. Um, that people are so surprised when you say something nice to them. You know, it's kind of like, uh, oh, you know, everybody's expecting people to jump down their throats. Or yell at them or something. I actually, it's funny when I said, I don't know what, and I didn't do it on purpose, like to be dramatic. I was like, I don't know what you guys are doing here. But, and there were a couple of customers who were looking over at me and saying, thinking, what was I going to say next? I'm like, everybody's looking, everybody's like looking for some kind of, th- <laughs> some kind of throwdown or something. It was pretty funny. But, you know, that, but that's kind of the way, it's kind of like wh- the way people are. I don't know whether you've ever been, uh, or whether you're that even that type of person in an elevator and you say something to somebody in an elevator and they're like shocked that you're talking to them. Hey, what's up? Uh, you going to rob me? And they probably think they're going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hold them up or something. I'm like, "Hey, what, yeah, hey, how you doing? What's going on today?" whatever. And you'd be surprised how people how many people uh just open up and start talking to you. Instead of staring down at their phones, usually the drill is you get into an elevator and you look right down at your phone because you don't really want to talk to anybody or you're or, or you're afraid to talk to somebody, and uh, and then um, you know you'd be amazed at just by saying hello to somebody what what a difference that makes to people. Now keep in mind though, um, one of the reasons if women you know it, 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 some apparently unfortunately guys sometimes don't just want to say hi. They, they act like they, they're, they're like hitting on – it's like, dude, just say hello and be normal, you know? No wonder women are always so jumpy sometimes because you guys out there, the minute like a woman looks at you, you think they're in love with you, and, then, and you won't leave them alone. It's like, dude, just, just have a normal conversation. Just because if a woman says hi to you, it doesn't mean that she's wanting to have sex with you. She's just saying hello to you. Calm down. But unfortunately, some of those guys have made it difficult for a lot of us just to have normal conversations with people because they just can't they can't um, hold themselves together. Anyway, what's that all about? What did I just do there? All right. So anyway, back to romaine lettuce. So the CDC is advising you to stay completely away from romaine lettuce. Like it doesn't matter what it is. After an E. coli outbreak with it, they said uh, the CDC said any, <laughs> this is pretty dramatic, any romaine lettuce should not be eaten, and retailers and restaurants should not sell or serve any. They're not like just saying this brand or that brand, they're saying any. That comes after an E. coli infections. Uh, 32 people uh, with the outbreak strain have been reported in 11 states, including one person in Connecticut. The illnesses started in October. 
the CDC stated that this advisory includes all types and uses of romaine lettuce. I mean, romaine lettuce has been like completely eradicated for the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, if you do not know what kind of lettuce is in your home, like you're looking at it and go, I don't know, is that romaine lettuce or not romaine lettuce? And if you don't know, um, what are you doing? Like, how did you get to a point where you have lettuce in your refrigerator or whatever it is, and you don't know what kind of lettuce it is? Where'd that come from? You had to have gone to a store and gotten, or maybe your wife or husband got it or whatever, but. Anyway, if you don't know what kind of lettuce is in your home, it's recommended that you throw it away. And then you got to sanitize in all the drawers and shelves where the lettuce was stored. Now, my question is, though, what about bagged lettuce? Like, I oftentimes will buy uh, lettuce in a bag. Let me just see if there, because some people who report on the stories, um, uh, salads, no. Um, if you don't know if the lettuce is romaine or whether a salad mix contains romaine, don't eat it and throw it away. Um, all types, including baby romaine, spring mix, and Caesar salad. Hearts of romaine. And bags and boxes. Okay, now I okay. I, that's what I was looking for. Bags and boxes of pre-cut lettuce and salad mi- mixes that contain romaine. So they're saying even the bag lettuce that has been washed or whatever, you gotta get get it the hell out of your midst and don't eat it. It's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. And I'm trying to figure out, for instance, though, in, in getting to this point, uh. How is it that uh, that we get to a point where where every type of romaine lettuce is is being included in this? Because I th- I, th- I thought different lettuces come from different places, and uh, and 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 part of the problem is uh, that we we get to a point where we um, uh, where whoever picked it pooped and didn't wash their hands. It's always down to that thing. So suddenly it's like people aren't uh, aren't doing due diligence when it comes to their uh um and washing their hands. Did you see this this is interesting. It's um a uh NBC show called This Is Us. And apparently people really love uh love the show. And uh they have an episode, a Thanksgiving episode, and it's called Six Thanksgivings. Uh, and this is interesting, though, because it's Kate and Toby. When Kate and Toby have Randall's daughter Tess over to care for her while she is sick, she gets her first period. Tess is only 10 years old. So it's not only that, but Tess gets her period when she's 10 in this show. And then um, Kate, 
who is uh, taking care of Tess, says, well, you can talk to me about anything if you want. I mean, you talk to me about whatever you want to talk to me about. So, anyhow, I know you have a mom, but if there's anything you ever want to talk to me about, anytime, I mean, pretty soon you're going to have your first kiss and your first boyfriend. Or... Uh, by the way, she's 10. Okay. And and by the way, I like like for instance uh Katie, my oldest daughter, when she turned 10 and 11, there wasn't any discussion of the sort like that with with her. A 10-year-old? Am I missing something? Uh, do 10-year-olds normally talk about you talk about dating people and kissing at 10? Or eleven, even. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a prude by any, but, 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 Lord, I, I can't like Natalie just turned eleven, and even when Katie's eleven, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even imagine talking to my ten-year-old, eleven-year-old daughter. Uh. I could not, not imagine talking to her about you know. Pretty soon, I can't. I, I can't even fathom having this discussion right now. Trying to envision me talking to Natalie, and she just turned eleven Friday. I'm trying to imagine a scenario where I would. I almost can't even. I can't even utter the words really. But let's just pretend. It's like um. Natalie, pretty soon you're going to have your first. I, I I couldn't even imagine talking like that to her. She's a, she's eleven. You know you're going to have your first kiss and you're going to have your first date. It's like wait a minute. That's what do you mean pretty soon? I don't know. I'm I, am I out of it anyway? That but that's not where that's not the end of this baby. It's not the end of this scene. Okay, I'll go back. Your first kiss. I mean, pretty soon you're going to have your first kiss and your first boyfriend. I mean, we're really, I think we're at this stage now where we're, I think we're moving people along just a tad too fast. Don't you think? I mean, I, again, I'm not, I'm not a, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have to qualify it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a prude, but, but, uh, but again, uh, talking to 10 year olds about um, having their first boyfriends and having their first kiss and. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm getting so I'm getting so uptight here. I'm I'm trying to I'm starting to like clean up the area here. I'm I'm old. Uh, just the idea of talking to a ten year old about about kissing somebody. I'm like suddenly I'm like uh, your first kiss and your first date. I'm thinking about my daughters. I'm like just crushed a cup over here accidentally. But that's not the end of this. Uh, this scene, though, okay? You know, get to it already, Almond. Okay, hang on. Your first kiss. And your first boyfriend. Or girlfriend. Or girlfriend. Yeah, or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So this episode is uh, Tess, 10 years old, being told, first of all, that 
she can have her first kiss soon and her first boyfriend, and then she corrects Kate and lets Kate know, basically, that uh, she's gay. And, and of course, uh, there is zero wrong with that. In fact, there's nothing wrong with that. And, in fact, that's a... uh, uh, big thing in my family, and so it's 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 there's absolutely zero wrong with that. Uh, but but the idea of a ten year old announcing they're gay in a mainstream television show is 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 another example of, for instance, where you uh, where you are again, moving people along, in my opinion, a little too fast. I mean, you, you talk about your first date, talk about your first kiss, and then talk about being gay. There's no doubt that there are 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds who have those feelings. I don't think there's any question about that at an early age. But this idea of entertaining this kind of thing on mainstream TV at that age, it's like, to me, it's too young. I, I don't know. Uh, apparently, there uh, just a few weeks ago, there was a scene uh, on A Million Little Things that involved an 11-year-old boy. And uh, that was the same thing where, where this 11-year-old boy uh, announced that he was, he was gay. On the one hand, uh, I could see the benefits of, of talking about that at a young age with somebody. But I don't think it's any different than talking about your first kiss or your first uh, boyfriend or even girlfriend when when they're ten. It's 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 almost like it's it's not just because that person's gay doesn't mean you talk about that any more than you would talk about it if that person is heterosexual. You wouldn't do to me the whole conversation is uh, is too young to for to have it in a scenario like that where you're doing that, but I'm sure that there are many kids out there who have talked to their parents about certain feelings they might have or whatever, but it just seems to me to be uh, maturing young people way too early. And, and again, I'm not saying that, that, you, that, if a, that if a 10-year-old feels a certain way and is, and is, uh, is I mean, it's, it's even weird for me to talk about this unless unless i'm unless i'm just so out of the blue and out of the mix i, I don't know what what's going on but i bet i mean i'm like okay so uh just even even a 10 year old discussing their sexuality to me is i don't know I'm, i must be too old or something because i just wouldn't i would never have fathomed that scenario and I don't care whether it's sexuality if you're gay or sexuality if you're heterosexual. To me, it's just the whole idea of talking about dating in general. In fact, the fact that this 10-year-old says that she's gay is, is probably the least of my – would be the least of my concerns watching a program like this. It was actually discussing her first kiss and her first boyfriend or, or in this case, girlfriend. They're 10. So, so I mean, the, the 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 gay thing is probably the least shocking part of that whole scene. Really, it's that the person's ten and talking about the uh, the um, the first kiss and all that stuff. It's kind of 
It's kind of panicking me a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that that uh, that there, there's a possibility that for some people it's it's uh, it's a good thing. I don't think I don't think that that kids ought to be taught to to hide their sexuality or hide whatever their views are. But but we're talking about kids. The words "kids" and "sexuality" in the, in the same sentence is even kind of weird. And when you're ten, you're a kid. I'm, you know, there's there's no getting around that whole thing. When you're ten, you're a kid. I don't care what time, what 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 year it is. I like this little bit on Newsbusters here. They say TV we're actually thankful for five surprisingly good fall moments. And by the way, one of them is not Roseanne's show, which apparently now is tanking in the ratings. And and the reason that it's tanking in the ratings is because Roseanne isn't there. And and now everybody's being asked to take a pay cut of sorts. All the big stars on the show because in order to kind of save the show. So uh the uh the the they're having and and it's like what part of this didn't you think was going to happen. I mean, you build a show around Roseanne and you fire Roseanne for being Roseanne. And then you're like, why are our ratings so low? Because John Goodman isn't, isn't, can't hold a show by himself. And whoever that other woman is, she can't do it either. Unless the it, it, John Goodman could sh- hold a show by himself if the show is built around John Goodman, but if the show's built around Roseanne and Roseanne isn't there, your show is not going to do well. I, I don't know what I mean. I'm not even a a producing genius, and I can figure that out. Anyway, the five um, positive things, and, and this, I, I'm, I'm interested in this because um, because I really I, I really uh, don't watch TV. I don't really have a lot of time for that, but but uh, TV we're actually thankful for five surprisingly good fall mo- TV moments. Uh, one number one is the 2018 Country Music Awards. There was there was no discussion of politics in the awards at all, and in fact they uh, they 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 talked about a a uh, moment of silence they did a moment of silence for uh the um the victims i'm garth brooks and on behalf of our country music the thousand theater, oaks i want to say that tonight's show is lovingly dedicated to the 12 individuals whom we lost far too soon just a week ago tonight at the borderline in thousand oaks california tonight let's celebrate their lives let the music unite us with love and their enduring memory so please Join me now in a moment of silence. Had the 12 names up there and everything. That was pretty cool. And, uh, and you didn't see Garth Brooks. Now, please join me now in calling for an all-out ban on assault rifles. It's like, nope. Didn't do anything. Didn't, there was no, not even, it wasn't even about the Second Amendment. It wasn't about anything. And, of course, the fact that this, the two is that the, uh, is that the borderline was, was a place where they uh, appreciated country music. So everything worked out perfectly 
uh, and and they respectfully gave these uh, people a moment of silence there, and there but there was no politics involved, no no nothing. It was just because um, they because you know and they also the backstory. I'll politicize it. The backstory was that it was um, that it wasn't really a gun that was responsible for this one anyway, even though the guy used a gun. It was uh, it wasn't a gun that was responsible for it. It was a gun-free zone, though, just like the Mercy Hospital in Chicago. Anyway, but number two, the Connors, cultural appreciation. So usually what happens is, and I, sh- I showed you this earlier, Thanksgiving always becomes politicized by, you know, we, I, we heard you heard Chris Cuomo lecture us early on about, you know, the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was in it. This is no, Thanksgiving is no more appreciated now as, as much as it's ever been because we're all so unhappy and sad and we're at a point of, of depletion and, and, and sadness. And so Thanksgiving was created by George Washington to make few people feel better about what was going on around there in their lives and everything else. And so this is perfect because we're all miserable too. And Thanksgiving comes at just the right time. I'm thinking, what are you freaking miserable about? What could you, what, what, other than the fact that uh, your party doesn't control anything or doesn't do anything uh, and, and, and you lost an election two years ago, what are you unhappy about exactly? Should I find him again? I, I really was on to something nice here. But now I got to go back to, you know, Cuomo. What's that? Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Okay, we back on? Yes. Oh, that sounds weird. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got it. There's still uh there's still crackling, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know this. It's snap crackle pop, baby. All right, so here's Cuomo. I'll be just a digress here from from a, from the positive. So Cuomo goes on the air and decides he's going to start to give us a history lesson lesson because apparently Cuomo, you know, has Google, so he knows everything there is to know about things. You know, Thanksgiving was he's like shut up. But he's like, this could no better time come and come than than right now. And he played a soundbite from from uh, from from uh, from Trump's Thanksgiving address, but then proceeded to kind of dismantle it, you know, in the end. But he um, tries to now. Now it's not playing. Hang on. Then what the hell happened? Now suddenly my internet is is uh, sucking wind here. Here, hang on. I jinxed myself by doing that. All right. Looks like I'm gonna have to switch to uh, switch to my other uh, my phone again. For whatever reason, every time around around this time, the uh, all right, Thanksgiving is coming, and not a moment too soon. This national day to give thanks was actually designed for times just like those we are living. What times? You mean the times of the lowest black unemployment we've had in in God in history when wages are increasing, when we're almost at full employment? When when 
we are at peace with the exception of our continuing fights in Afghanistan and beyond, where we have uh, dismantled trade deals that are hard on the American worker. Like what, what, what exactly, what, what, what exactly, what time is Cuomo talking about here? Let's start with the current president today, citing the correct message for the coming Thanksgiving. This is a time for Americans to unite together in a spirit of love, understanding, unity, and joy as one very proud American family. True. Does he practice what he preaches? Certainly not enough. But that's not the point of this Thursday, nor should the president be the focus. In fact, the designers of the day would insist on that. Thanksgiving was made to be bigger than anything and anyone. Yeah, yep. you, you tell us how to do this now, Chris, will you? It was actually done as an offset, a reminder of gratitude during the worst of times. In yeah, fact, and, 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 and so is he saying that we're in the worst of times right now? I mean, other than, again, other than being ass hurt over your continuing defeats in elections, with the exception of the House and everything else, other than that and being on the losing end of your unicorn of vision view of what was going to happen in 2016, what are you miserable about? Especially then. The Pilgrim references, it's all true. All applies. 1621, the 53 Pilgrims, the 90 or so Native Americans, the days of feasting after the first harvest, all true. But that's not what Thursday is really about. Their plight, their coming together with strangers, that is much more metaphor than a true measure of the reason that we celebrate it when and how we do. President Washington started by calling for a day of public thanksgiving and praise, not to commemorate the pilgrims, but to help people then keep perspective in the midst of a particularly tough time of lean crops and illness. When he looked around him and surveyed the distress he said, you know what? As bad as it is, we have to give thanks. Look where we are. Look what we escaped. Look how good things still can be. The pilgrims were a touchstone. They were a metaphor for perseverance. But the message was about those early Americans seeing the promise, promise of what they were building through their pain, the darker moments of deprivation, <laughs> to give them some perspective, some promise. So Cuomo, I guess, is insinuating somehow that we're in the darker moments of deprivation which which I'm not quite sure uh is the case I I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out who the hell is that unhappy that that they have to consider thanksgiving to be a respite from the strife just like it was back in George Washington's day Obviously, Thanksgiving is an important holiday for Americans and certainly a, an important holiday for those of us who want to give thanks to all of the generous people around us and all of our good fortune and all of our freedoms. But I'm not quite sure uh, – well, I'm, I'm absolutely not sure – that Chris Cuomo telling us that this is a perfect time for Thanksgiving because we're all just suffering so greatly – it's beyond me what he's talking about because the only suffering I see uh, would be among these bitchy-ass, destructive, uh, anti-freedom, Antifa protesters and the Maxine. Those are the people who are unhappy. Uh, so, Chris, you enjoy your Thanksgiving 
as an escape from your own plight. But don't tell us that Thanksgiving's perfect for all Americans because we're all suffering. We're, we're doing pretty well, thank you very much. And obviously, with the exception of, and I could, I, I would imagine Chris Cuomo might say, this comes at a perfect time as we have a thousand Americans who are unaccounted for in the California wildfires, or whatever you want to do. But, but the idea that 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 um, oh, you mean I need to be I'm I'm miserable because of Trump. Or I need I, we're we're in we're in deprivation because of Donald Trump. You're out of your tree, dude. Again, you'd imagine that the message, if anything, when they say this is a good time to give thanks, would be juxtaposed against real suffering, like people who've lost their homes or people who uh, have died in the fire or people who are dealing with it right now or. Uh, the Chicago police officer who was shot in a gun-free zone or somebody like that. But but the idea that now suddenly the number one suffering point is Donald Trump's election or Donald Trump's existence, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm checking out of your little Thanksgiving history lesson here. All right, so back to uh, what I was originally the, the top five TV modus. So the, so the Connors, I don't know whether you guys watch the Connors. It's it's the Roseanne spinoff, um, and it's it's as as you know as predicted. Uh, we thought maybe there was going to be a move to the left on the part of uh, the Connors, but it actually didn't do that. Their their ratings are still tanking, but um, they they were talking about cultural appropriation. Right. And, and and this is actually then cultural appreciation. So even though the show's ratings are tanking and the people are taking uh, taking certain having to take certain pay cuts because of firing us in, uh, the show still offers some semblance of what it did when Roseanne was still around. Here you go. Listen to this. Frida Kahlo, it's about. And, and it's about this uh, person dressing I'm, up. I'm sorry, Mr. Swindell. What exactly is the problem with his costume? He is dressed as an Hispanic woman that falls under cultural appropriation. No, it's cultural appreciation. He loves Frida Kahlo. The guidelines were clear. He has not experienced what a person of that ethnicity has experienced. Therefore, he does not have a legitimate entitlement to use or wear any element of their ethnic identity. Could you just let the grapes go by, please? <laughs> That's not a comment on migrant workers, is it? All right, go ahead, go ahead. Now, please, I don't want Mark to miss the carnival. Just lose the costume. You can come right in. I've worked hard on this costume. I've made it especially for this carnival. Can't I please come in? Listen, I get what the rule is for. I really do. But sometimes the good intention of the rule gets taken a little far, don't you think? Yeah, we think. And that came from the Connors, so... The show I just trashed is having low ratings. There still might be some gems out there, so don't give up on it just yet. But still, uh, and and Frida Kahlo obviously is the uh, artist and 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 and, uh, and writer, and so uh, she she's kind of kind of come back into prominence. She was she was a 
uh, prominent feature in Coco, which is a great movie, by the way. But she's kind of come back into it because I, I knew back in college she was a big deal, but uh, now she's back. Got the eyebrows and, you know, all that kind of thing. Then there was a show, uh, this is on Fox, called The Gifted. So this is based on the X-Men comics um, and, and and has been pretty open about its impartiality uh, and 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 uh, the season opened with uh, with uh, this season did with sequences of police raids on innocent people. They were basically just trying to do to slander ice and do all that kind of stuff. And and also uh, uh, and, and and the creator of it was saying we're gonna we're gonna respond to the uh, current turmoil in America where. I, the turmoil is being created by people who just can't accept the results of elections. But nonetheless, uh, but but there wasn't moment after moment of, of of just a bunch of left wingery, according to newsbusters here. In fact, they had a moment in the show called "The Gifted," uh, and 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 it had a lot of left wing stuff in it, uh, where there was a pro life moment in it. That was this was in October. It's pretty good. Okay, let me get this going here. I'm having trouble getting my uh, my cue up here. Come on, internet, you can do it. You can do. It. You can pull this off. Mister, Mrs. Strucker, I'm afraid I have some bad news. The prognosis is worse than we expected. Okay, so what's the treatment? What are our options? Your liver function is already seriously affected, and I'm afraid we don't have many options besides. Termination. Oh, God. She's five months pregnant. There must be something. I'm sorry, Mr. Strucker. In 20 weeks, the baby isn't viable, and carrying it to term is very risky. No, this this is crazy. I know it's difficult, but you have to understand. The pain you're experiencing will get worse. There could be severe bleeding, seizures. There, There has to be a chance. A successful pregnancy is technically possible. But there's a much greater chance of death for you, your baby, or both of you. Honey, I'm so sorry. Reed, I'm not going to do it. But you heard the doctor. Yes, I did. And I'm not going to lose this baby. You have to consider your health. Lauren, we don't have to decide this right now. I have already decided. I am not giving up on our son. He's going to make it. And he is going to be amazing. Just like our daughter. That's pretty cool. That That's, that's on The Gifted, which generally has reflected more of a left-wing attitude. It's a pretty. That's a pretty amazing scene right there for mainstream uh, TV, like that, and especially for a show that actually um, has 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 tended more towards uh, towards supporting some left wing messages. That's a pretty pretty in- interesting scene. I'd encourage you to actually watch it. 
it's a uh, pretty amazing decisions like that are made every day in real life. So it's fantastic. Okay. Here's the last man standing, uh, canceled by ABC, uh, you know, probably for political reasons, as, as you know, but then Fox uh, resurrected it in 2018. And, you know, Tim Allen, all that kind of, you guys know, you guys know what this is all about. So um, they think that there's, there's a lot, you know, Tim Allen and, 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 and his character, Mike Baxter, they, they actually do hit a lot at people who um, are, constantly bowing to political correctness and they that's probably why abc definitely canceled it um but fox was smart they said you know we we this is a popular show we're going to give it another chance and boom um and so what happened is once they did that uh, and now that they're back on the people who wrote the show decided they were going to have a scene where they talked about um the fans because really, in the end, the fans are what made that, and and I could I could probably write the same kind of script if I was doing a radio free almond sitcom. No, no, I'm I'm trying to DVR my favorite show, but it's not on. Oh, well, maybe it got canceled. <laughs> you know, the TV business can be a heartless bastard. <laughs> Canceled? Why would they cancel a popular show that everybody loves? <laughs> Maybe they're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> just try another channel. Oh, no, Mike. They don't just take a show off one network and put it on a different. <laughs> hey, there it is. You're right, Mr. B. <laughs> Am I wrong, or is it, like, way better on this network? <laughs> way better. Way better. I'll be damned. I've never heard of this happening before. Well, it's pretty rare, but the show must have a lot of loyal, kick-ass fans, huh? <laughs> so that was that was perfect, and that's pretty funny, uh, Tim Allen, but that was pretty much of a, of a, a real, like, really great shot at, uh, at ABC. Pretty funny. And, and I, these are all people who I, I don't even know what the other people's politics are like. But uh, at some point, you got to realize that if, you, if, if a good product is good, it's good. Stick with it. And that was that's a good product. All right. So let's see. Um, CBS, they have a popular show called Young Sheldon. And pardon me, a lot, a lot of you people probably know about these all these shows. I, I don't really know about them. So I probably sound like I'm a little less educated about the TV that you guys, things that you guys already know. But if you don't, if you're like me, you're pleasantly surprised by some of the developments on network TV. Uh, now, there there are, uh, Young Sheldon is about Young Sheldon, and it, there are, uh, there there are people who are kind of sometimes they take a little bit of a more of a liberal slide here for instance there is a um there's an example of uh, Sheldon uh critiquing organized religion yeah, you know and, and uh so he's making fun of organized religion 
And so the, here's what Newsbuster says. Although Sheldon is a know-it-all who considers all others around him to be incompetent most of the time, one bright spot in the series' writing had him putting away his elitist values and taking stocks in the wise words of his working-class father. So young Sheldon is more of uh, the coddled little kid, and his dad is more of the lunch pail type. And so it wound up being a pretty good uh, scene because Sheldon was on a paper route, um, and he comes home and starts to take all of his frustrations out because he had a hard day. Um and so he's doing things that are not good and that are punishable, obviously. So the father, George, decides that he's not going to punish the kid. And it will uh, teach him that the true character of a man is defined by an ability to take the stresses of the day in stride and not take it out on others. That's uh, called patience. But but it, but the true stress is a man should uh, well I'm sure as a woman too should uh, not use as an excuse stress of a day to crap all over other people, and it's a really good lesson because it's true that uh, you know I I get it when people have bad days, but some of the worst. You know, when when people are a-holes to each other and then later on just say they had a bad day, that's a sign of a uh, that's a sign of a lack of character, I believe. So I, I know people can have their moments. I get that having a bad day. But but uh, but but taking stresses out on other people really is uh, is an inexcusable type of action. As far as I'm concerned, and that's why it's great that um, that this particular show kind of conveys that, and hopefully, young people are watching. So it's a a good it's a good moment. I understand you're tired, but that is no reason. I'm not just tired; I'm exhausted. Everything hurts. I get up in the morning to do this job I don't even like, and I'm doing it just for the money, and it's not even a lot of money. I keep trying harder and harder, and it doesn't even make a difference. So if you're going to yell at me or punish me, let's just get it over with. I'm not going to punish you. Why not? I deserve it. Let me tell you about my day. I got yelled at by the principal for benching a linebacker who was flunking English. Then I got yelled at even more by the kid's parents. Then I had to break up a fight in the locker room and got elbowed in the neck. That's a rough day. <laughs> that was all before 10 a.m. So I get what you're going through. But you'll notice I didn't come home and take it out on you. No, you didn't. I want you to get back in there, apologize to everyone, and finish your dinner. Yes, sir. My father's wisdom touched me deeply, which is why to this day, no matter what I'm going through, I am never irritating or abusive to any of my friends or loved ones. <laughs> Ask them. They'll tell you. Yeah. 
So that 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 really is a a, a great moment and and one of the five top five uh, moments uh, that these friends over there at the uh, at the Meteor Research Council and, and Newsbusters uh, uh, brought up. Even on shows that are traditionally or somewhat liberal, uh, there are still a few gems in there every once in a while that really become. Uh, uh, great bits, and this is a great post. I'll put the put it in the comments section for you. Um, TV, we're actually thankful for five surprisingly good fall moments, and uh, those are good fall moments right there, baby. And uh, we're thankful for that, as we are thankful, as I am thankful for all of you and uh, your support throughout this year and what's been going on. And it's been a crazy year. But we've uh, gotten through it together on that end. And believe me, um, whatever it is that happened to me, there's always something that happens worse and happened worse to other people. So I always am just simply thankful for the opportunity to kind of jump back into things and and uh, get things going. And, and certainly with uh, with your help and, and your support, it's been amazing. Uh, and I'm truly thankful for that, and and so uh, that's been that's been great. It's been a great experience, really, in the end. Even though it's been a tough one for everybody uh, in my family and beyond, so uh, it's been a but but it's actually been a very um, good experience in terms of uh, just the exercise of fighting back and of sticking with it and of persevering and of hanging in there. Uh, but it can it can only be done with the kind of support that I've received from all of you, and I definitely and am am thankful for that, uh, and, and 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 very thankful for the people in my life who have uh, been so impactful and who have shown me so much love, and that's been great. It's been uh, pretty amazing, and uh, even still humbling which is should be always the case when people are uh, good to you. Uh, it should have a humbling effect, and it does for me, that's for sure. So I'm thankful for uh, God's gift of humility and of gratitude as well. So uh, thank you to all of you, and, and uh, boy, this has been a I, – I, <laughs> I, I almost hate this. I mean, it's, like it's, it's weird to say, but it's actually been a good year. In a, in a lot of ways, uh, and a bad one in a lot of ways, but a good one. And um, I've always said, in in throughout my entire life, actually, um, I've never had a bad day. And uh, because life's too important and good and fleeting to actually waste it on a bad day, and so um, I've I've actually can honestly say uh, that I've never truly had a bad day. There's been always something that has come out of a day that's challenging that winds up being a good thing, even if I don't even recognize it at the time. So anyway, I'm thankful that I uh, have the opportunity to do what I do. Good morning, good morning. Uh, I'm thankful for my my Sky Guide app. That I woke up to this morning, looking at all the uh, beautiful stars out there, 
planets and the giganticness of our wonderful universe and how comforting it is to know that I'm small. I like that. Thank you to Discovery Design, Truck Care and Manufacturing, ddtruckusa.com. Very thankful for their support of the Radio Free Almond brand, ddtruckusa.com. Thank you also to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. That's 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. The best value you're going to find at Window Fashion anywhere, seven days a week, 45 years in the biz. Michael Proctor. Ricky Hall and Jenna, thank you. Nutrition HQ, veteran-owned. Pre-workouts, awesome protein-rich foods and proteins that even have little bits of Snickers bar in them. And, of course, Lady Lean for the ladies, Winolean for the guys. Hormone boosters for the ladies, hormone boosters for the guys. Keep yourself in good shape, thin, happy with Nutrition HQ, nhq.rocks. Thank you also to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. As you know, 84 or so different craft beers, 180 plus different kinds of liquors. They have your bottle, that's for sure. Great way to bring in the beautiful Thanksgiving holiday by hanging out tonight at Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. If you mention my name, you get a free cigar, by the way. Radio Free Almond, Jamie Almond, whatever you want to do. Free cigar. Thank you also to Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com. 567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. Two months, no mortgage payments, and the lowest rates you're going to find anywhere in the land. So, wishing you a blessed Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and have a beautiful one, everybody. Be back Monday, all right? Yeah, all right.